This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, we got a new week of the opening kickoff. Here we are, Mark Lee, Triple G, right here in the studios of WNSP. And, you know, in our conversations, I've already got an unofficial poll for the day. But I think we need a little context before I throw that out there. So I want you to set the table for us, Lee, as you always do. All right, well, I'm going to start out with the Heim family. Two Uh, down, one to go. (laughs) But listen to this, and then I'll correlate that to the NBA. Uh, three down, one to go yeah. for Miami and for Denver. You know the the NBA has got a, I got an issue. Uh, here's the deal uh, with Denver perhaps wrapping up the Lakers series tonight, and with Miami perhaps rack, rack, uh, finishing up the uh, series with Boston tomorrow, and each winning four games. And who would expect? Who could see this possibly happening? especially against the Lakers and the Celtics, two of the most storied franchises ever, and the fact that they both could go down in four, that's going to leave eight days between the end of those series and the NBA championship finals. And to be honest, and I'm not trying to put down Denver-Miami championship series, but it's not going to move the meter that much. It really isn't. And then if you put eight days, Mark, in between that, it's almost like the, the the mainstream public. Now, obviously, the fanatical fans and the fans of the teams aren't going to forget. But for the most part, people are going to forget that it's even existing. Yeah, I remember before these uh, these uh, series started, you, you were rooting for Boston and L.A. Yeah, for that Celtics-Lakers, right. and it's the complete opposite it's been. So I'll, I'll say this. I, as you know, at this point, both series 3-0. What's, been, what, what's worse, these NBA series – or the remake of White Men Can't Jump. What's worse? Like, if you had to sit through one of them, what would it be? I was thinking about that yesterday, too, and I'm like, oh, it's a tough one. Because uh, we both watched it yeah, over the weekend. Yeah, probably the Lakers and the Celtics, if they both go down 4-0, is worse. Because I actually I tuned out on the Celtics in the third quarter yesterday. It was just, it was painful. And not that I'm a Celtic fan. I'm not. I just wanted to see a good basketball game. That's all. I didn't care if the Celtics won or lost. In fact, the only time I saw Tyler Hero was in White Man Can't Jump. And he's like their best shooter. And they shot, what, 50% from the three. Mark, Miami, during the year, was the fourth worst shooting uh, three-point shooting team in the NBA. They're shooting over 44%. And yesterday, they hit over 50%. And... Jimmy Butler's like fourth leading scorer yesterday. A bunch of unknowns, Vincent and Robinson and and those characters led the team in scoring. It's disgraceful what's happening with the Celtics. I I think it's more disgraceful for the Celtics than it is with the Lakers. All as right, bad so as the Lakers have you, been. How many of you guys watched any NBA and how much of y'all watch how many of y'all watched The White Men Can't Jump, which dropped, I think, on Friday on, on Hulu. Hulu. Yeah. It Ugh. was brutal. Ugh. Now look. What did you think I, was worse? Uh, I gotta ask you. I didn't have real. I don't have any real skin in the game with the NBA series. I had skin in the game for the movie because I was such a fan of the original, and so uh, the there were individual scenes of the movie, like little bits that were funny. 
I wasn't as down on Jack Harlow as a lot of guys were on the reviews, but the movie as a whole was just terrible. I was trying to think. Did you see it, Nick? Did you watch The New White Men Can't Jump? No. Hmm. I was trying Thanks to think during the movie, and, and normally when I see a movie that bad, I don't stay with it more than 10 or 15 minutes, and I, maybe it's because I, my mind was elsewhere or there was nothing else to turn to, and the Lakers, I'm sorry, the Celtics game wasn't starting, so I still had time. So I stayed with it hoping that maybe something would yeah. drive me, and I kept thinking, how can they make this movie better? And I thought the only way they could was just to nip it in the bud, <laughs> just yeah. get rid of it. I was hoping for a Woody Harrelson cameo or a Wesley Snipes cameo at some point, and there was just nothing. Oh, funny that you mentioned Woody Harrelson. I actually, <laughs> on Saturday, I believe it was, Mark, watched, and, I, you know, I always get, I get, I think it was Netflix. It was called, well, the last word was castles. Cold Castles or uh, oh, Glass Castles, Glass Castles, and it's not a movie that you know you get. It's not like an action movie or anything. But Woody Harrelson was the star of it, and it was quite a performance by him. It was. It's based on a true story. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to go watch it. It's more of a sentimental type movie where you know a, a, a family that's fractured and all that kind of stuff. But Woody Harrelson was the star, and that's why I stayed with it. And I enjoyed his uh, acting, but the one on Sunday last night, oh, don't waste your time. So are we are, at this point, people? Are we? Are we I, I think we're, are we cheering for sweeps just to put these teams out of their miseries? Yeah. And we're just let's move on. It was a good try, NBA. We we were we were rooting for you. Let's just let's just. I hope put this is what I memory. would like. I hope the Lakers get one win. I don't care about the Celtics now. I am so tired of hearing people say the Celtics are the better team. Well, if they're the better team, what's wrong? And, right. and, and obviously, I know what's wrong. Miami is just so much better in the postseason. Their defense is better. They're defending them well. Do you know that Jason Tatum has yet to score a field goal in the fourth quarter in any of the previous three games? How is that possible? Lee, are you are you now feeling how I feel about Jason Tatum, how I said he's just Brandon Ingram on a better team? Yes. I'm very All disappointed right. in him. <laughs> and and Nick did say which you said you didn't was it the Lakers. I think it was the Lakers you said were gonna get swept. I did. You remember after the first after the yep. first game or so you're like, I, just, I don't think they're gonna win a game. I just am rooting it's, for LeBron to have one good game and, and at least go to Denver down. At least don't get swept. Boston, I don't care. I hope they do get swept. I really <laughs> do. I I can't believe a team so could angry. go out there. Well, I can't believe a team in the finals can go out and play so bad. Can you? Seriously? I mean, to lose by 26 and to lose two games on your home court, I mean, you don't even belong, and yet people say you're the best team. But with the Lakers, Denver's the top seed. Give them their due. Hey, Miami, they barely got by the Bulls in the playing game, and look what they're doing. But for the Lakers, I hope LeBron has a good game, and I know he hasn't had a great series, and you know, obviously maybe his age is catching up to him, but uh, I'd like to see them get one win. But I'm telling you, the NBA's got a real problem on their hands if they're going to have seven to eight days between uh, the the championship and when the final and these finals Get end. The NBA. What about us? <laughs> <laughs> can't you can't you go to the NBA.com? Aren't they showing uh, G League games or something? Or, or the WNBA? How about that? Oh, there yeah, you go. The w WNBA. You can watch Griner play now. Yeah, Brittany Griner. All right, I got some other stuff, you guys. If you want to comment on, uh, I was. Look, I, as a person, I wasn't the biggest fan of Jim Brown. 
And I'm only going to say, in my opinion, I, I don't want to get into an argument about this because I've had arguments on this, and it goes nowhere. In my, he was the greatest running back I've ever seen, okay? And I was a huge Jim Brown fan. I think more people today, Mark, you probably remember more for the movies, being involved with um, race relations and things like that. Uh, mo most of the features on him on the uh, NFL uh, network this week were you know, basically on what he did after his career ended, after his nine years with the Browns. He went out too soon thanks to the stupidity of Art Modell, who wanted him back from the Dirty Dozen and was going to find him. How do you find the greatest running back at that time, and, and in my opinion, ever, but you're going to find him for not being there because he's finishing up on the Dirty Dozen, and Brown told him to go stick it and retired after nine years and made a career in movies and actually did quite well. Hmm. Or is your the last word on movies, so I, I don't know if you ever watched any of his films. I can honestly say I'm not sure I've ever seen anything with him in it. Dirty Dozen? I never saw Dirty Dozen. 100 Rifles with no. Rockwell Welch? Nope. He's been in a lot of – okay. Well, we won't go there then, but you're certainly familiar with his career. Granted, he's had some off the <laughs> – he's had issues. <laughs> Even when I went to Syracuse, I heard I heard stuff that was going on. But I mean, I did see The Express, which was a movie that was kind of about him in a roundabout. movie that I saw. Yeah, that was a great movie. He was kind of in that movie, but – about, it was a, kind of about him, even though he wasn't in the movie. So. You know what, really, uh, some of the uh, footage, when he was with the Cleveland Browns, they had another really good running back, Bobby Mitchell, who was then traded to Washington to open the gates for Ernie Davis. And in Jim Brown, even though Davis was a, a Syracuse uh, alum, Said I, he wasn't happy with that trade at all. He he was the he. They, they said well, they want to have two big backs. He said I'm the big back. We don't need another big back because Mitchell would carry maybe ten times. Brown would carry thirty times a game. Game was totally different then. It was all about running backs in that in that era. I did see he was in any given Sunday. He was yeah. the I think he was the defensive coordinator in any given Sunday. And Lawrence Terry was like, "Calm down, coach. You're gonna give a heart attack." And he's like. I don't get heart attacks. I give heart attacks. And he used some expletives in there. But I got to be honest, some of these, um, some of the names of these movies don't exactly sound like uh, Oscar winners. Well, you and I um, don't watch Oscar winners. Come well, on. Well, you got The Dirty Dozen. Well, that was a, I like that movie. Can't Juke. Ice Station Zebra. Sounds like a real winner there. Tick, tick, tick. Slaughter. Slaughter's big ripoff. <laughs> well, the movie that the movie Black Gun, Two Ends and Gun. The movie that really created the most controversy was the one with Raquel Welch, because the first time I think that you had a a black actor kiss a Caucasian wow. on screen. Yeah, Lee, do you think uh, Jim Brown is the best athlete turned actor of all time? Absolutely, I think he's one of the greatest athletes up there with Jim Thorpe and. Jesse Owens. People don't know this, but it's Syracuse. Well, first of no, all, no best act, best athlete turned actor. Yeah. Best athlete that turned actor. Who else is there? Who should Better I be than thinking? Better OJ. OJ was the oh, gosh, athlete yeah. that turned actor. Oh, absolutely. Uh, he was great. I naked don't even, gun. I don't even want to. <laughs> no, yeah, no, yes. Uh, but like, <laughs> even at Syracuse, like he played five sports. He'd leave. Uh, let's say track and field to go play lacrosse he's in the lacrosse hall of fame he's yeah I won't, yes i think he is the best athlete to turn actor like was he a good actor though he's all who's, right who's the best actor who was at one time an athlete was that what you're not, not including burt, wwe burt reynolds 
Ooh, that's a good one. What did he play? Football. He at played. Florida State. He was a football. You yeah. know, he he and Lee Corso were roommates. Right. Uh, he was a football player oh. and a pretty good one until he hurt his. Does knee. the Rock count? No, I'm saying I don't think wrestling counts because that's just acting. But he played football at Florida State. Miami or Miami, Miami. whatever. Oh. So mm. did, but he didn't. He wasn't he like a, in the NFL. He wasn't a real. No, he wasn't a big time mm. player. Was the Rock? Mm. Okay, Freddie Dreyer. Fred Dreyer. All right, there's your guy from that's Hunter. My guy. That's my guy from Hunter. What about um um Police County? Bubba Smith. Yeah. He played. Uh, but he wasn't really. I I don't consider him LeBron. No. <laughs> no. Maybe later. Maybe later. <laughs> he was good in uh, Trainwreck. Yeah. Um, house Party. I didn't see House well, Party. Well, that would be a good name for the movie we saw yesterday, Trainwreck. Yeah. It was not good. Um, does Arnold Schwarzenegger count? He was a uh, he was like he was a, a bodybuilder. Yeah, he was a bodybuilder. I guess you could say that. So anyway, that was uh, one of the big headlines, and then another one with the Preakness. Did you get? No, you were busy. You had uh, family and um, National Treasure won, and so we're watching this. And my wife says, because you can always tell Bob Baffert with the white hair, the trainer, and she said, "Hey, that's that's the guy that w that always wins." I said, "Well, remember this? He was two under a two-year suspension by the Kentucky Derby, right?" So. You talk about mixed emotions. One of his horses fell, broke, was euthanized at the Preakness prior to the the main event. And then his horse, National Treasure, wasn't that like it was a, a movie. movie? Yeah, yeah movie. It was I thought Cage. so. So National Treasure won. Popcorn flick for the whole family. There were only seven horses in the Preakness. Yeah. Well, uh, I, just, um, I had a caller who suggested some guy named Chuck from the Rifleman. Ch oh, Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors was the rifleman. He played with the Dodgers and with the Celtics, but not a very noteworthy uh, sports career. I will say this though: um, I mean, he, you know, his they they show the rifleman a lot on TV these days. And when he came, he played for the Mobile Bears back in the late seven, uh, late forties, and I had a chance to meet him. And it was just a big. I, I don't know anybody who's seen the rifleman and watching him fire that rifle away i really enjoyed that visit with him when he came to town but no, i wouldn't put him in that because he wasn't a great great athlete he played two sports though we have a couple of folks in the app uh, shaquille o'neal gets a vote for best uh, athlete turned actor i guess shazam shazam uh and then shazam what was it shazam and then uh brian bosworth Ugh. <laughs> Come on. Go, please give me a break. Brian Bosworth was in some good ones. I, that, one was one of them was filmed no, wait here. A minute. When he mentioned that, I thought an athlete at the top of his game, I, I never considered Bosworth that great. He was a generational player. He was? Well, Ask Bo Jackson with his, about with him. his look, I guess. He was... Uh, he was put to rest by Bo Jackson yeah, as far was. as that goes. His career... Uh, that was one of those media things to build him up and everything, and he was good, but he wasn't great. Now I don't. I saw him in one or two movies. There I was, wasn't but there was one that was filmed here, right? Or did I make that up? Maybe you made it up. Maybe, maybe you didn't. Huh. All right. Uh, I'll do some research. Yes. I'm pretty sure I saw that movie. Whatever it was. 
And he's the sheriff in the Dr. Pepper commercials. Oh, uh, well, that now changed my whole opinion. Yeah, I mean. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, that I counts. Get your point. That counts. All right. Uh, scoreboard traffic and weather coming up. We're going to see if we can catch up with Carlton Marshall. Uh, coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Uh, we'll talk some Orange Beach softball. They brought home a state title. We'll do that in hour number one as well. Uh, Brian Matthews on Auburn at 730. We'll do our Miller Golf Report in hour number two as well. Uh, Mike Rodak on Alabama in hour number three. Got plenty going on here, so uh, we're just getting rolling here. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hey, this is Showtime boxing analyst Steve Farhood, and you're listening to Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP. short segment here because you know we have a basketball question uh, based on a comment made by the Celtics uh, coach yesterday Joe Mazzullo he said quote it's on me I didn't have the team prepared the opposition to that is why do you even have to have a team prepared it's game three they're down two games to none what needs to be said uh, what you know? What what can you do? I mean, you had a long season like this. Has the team totally tuned him out, or is that on the players? The fact that he just came out and put in a pathetic performance last night. Oh, I think I think he was just falling on the sword for his guys. I do too. I mean, it's it's like you said. I mean, it, I can't remember a time where the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals were. Duds. Has it ever happened? Absolute duds. Has it ever happened where they were both at the swept? same time? Well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, swept on the same go round. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. I saw. I don't. I don't have it in front of me, but I saw the record of all teams facing a three-zero deficit. Mm-hmm. They're like zero and one forty-seven or something stupid. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm with you guys at this point. Let's just. Well, put them out of their, put them out their miseries. Yeah. Like, let, let's not prolong. Not only let's put them out of their misery, let's put NBA fans out of their misery. Don't make them watch this. I just remember back when anybody goes back, I forgot the year. Remember when you had the earthquake, uh, the Giants and Oakland World Series? They had the earthquake. It was, I think, game two. So the World Series was interrupted by about a week, and people just totally lost interest. Going, oh, so what? I mean, what? A week later, they resumed it, and the ratings were pathetic. And I, and I, I just think that I, I would watch Miami, Denver. I know Nick would. Maybe you would tune in now and then. But I just can't imagine the average Joe basketball fan waiting a whole week to see Denver and Miami. What do you think? No. No. Although, look, there's some individual guys there with some storylines. I mean, right. people are going to tune in to see Jimmy Buckets for sure. And, and you're Jokic. potentially watch. You're about to watch the best playoff performer in NBA history, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> you're watching a guy who went through the toughest road to the finals, and Jimmy Butler from the play-in, losing that first playing game to my Atlanta Hawks, Am I and then grinding something? through the one seed and making it to the finals. The storylines are there. People just don't care because Magic, it's not LeBron. Magic Steph. Johnson wants. Have a pretty good playoff series, or Larry Bird, maybe Jordan, maybe. Well, in radio, when you talk in superlatives, it, uh, it, it no, it, Jokic is by far the best. Okay. See, yeah, 
All right, we come back. Uh, he, he wasn't born then, so it doesn't count. Carl Marshall's next. Stay with us. Sorry, eight six thirty three. Uh, welcome back in. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Mark Lee, Triple G in the studios of WNSB. It's the opening kickoff. I don't know what's going on down there in Miami, but the Heat are raging through there. Three games to none. The Florida Panthers won their first two games in overtime. My gosh, do Brave fans have to worry about the Miami Marlins now? They actually, I think, have a winning record also. We're going to talk some football now. One of the uh, greatest athletes to ever come out of this area is Carlton Marshall. Uh, he, uh, as you know, played at Troy and set the all-time NCAA tackling record. Now he's got a new venture. Carlton, welcome to the opening kickoff. What's going on? Uh, hey, how you doing? Uh, thank you for having me. You know, we just uh, right now I'm getting ready to go to practice. All right. Well, we better tell everybody why you're up in Canada, why you signed with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and how did all this come about? Uh, you know, of course, you know, we um, went for the NFL, but things didn't work out. But, you know, God has a plan for you. And, you know, I found my way to Hamilton. You know, I knew a few guys up here. You know, former players I played with, uh, Will Sunderland, a cornerback, and another guy that was in the Sun Belt as well, Omar Bayless, played for Arkansas State. You know, they told me how it was up here and, you know, getting to know the coaches a little bit more when I got up here and knowing a few of them through text messages, you know, it, it felt right. So, I mean, I just made the decision. I said, hey, I want to go play football. Uh, did you get any offers as a free agent from the NFL? Did anybody offer you a tryout? Uh, no, sir, I didn't. Oh, my goodness. All right. Um, when do you open up your season? Uh, we actually play our first preseason game on the 27th. Wow. So isn't – now help me on that. The Canadian Football League field, isn't that a, a little bit bigger than the NFL? Oh, yes. It's, uh, I want to say 20 yards longer and maybe like 15 yards wider. <laughs> so you're going to have more ground to cover. Uh, hey, miss, hey, that's football. Hey, it doesn't mean anything to still be sideline to sideline. Carl Marshall, our guest here on WNSP. Congrats, man. It's it's great to hear you're still playing and all that good stuff. I'm curious, um, what when you start looking at um, uh, avenues to take your football career, where now that there are a couple of spring leagues, was that ever was that ever an option for you? And where does like the CFL rank in I guess your priority list when it comes to taking that next step? Now that they have those 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 spring seasons out there, uh, you know it's actually my number one priority. You know I would like to be where my feet are. You know I always you know wanted to make the NFL, but you always have a plan. And, you know, God laughs at your plan, and he has his plan, own plan for you and to make his own way. So, you know, I just follow his plan, follow it by faith. You know, it might be more difficult to keep racking up tackles because isn't it like three downs instead of four in the Canadian Football League? You don't have as many oh, yeah, downs? <laughs> yes, sir, just uh, three downs. That doesn't mean I have to uh, <laughs> run a little faster, you know, hit a little harder. Uh, 
you see diagnosed diagnose plays a little bit quicker. So hey, that's the challenge, but you know I'm I'm up for it. And from what I I haven't seen many Canadian football league games, but for what I can remember, it's more of a passing league, right? Because you only have like two downs to make a first down, so they're usually throwing the football. Oh yeah, it's just a, it's a little bit of both. I know. I think uh, a lot of people have you know misconception. Some teams like to air it out. You know, some teams like to run the ball because you know, that's some of their strong points. But you know, every team is different, so we just have to get ready for them you know, as the time as the time comes. So, what's been the biggest adjustment for you off the field, away from the game, being up there? What uh, I mean is the, is the food good? What I mean is the weather nice? Like, what's what's going on up there? Actually, I, I think it's I like the weather because you know usually in Mobile you get that hot, humid heat. Yeah, you know, up here the heat is kind of you know it's not really that much that really that humid. I would say it's more you know windy, cold things like that. But when it gets hot up here, it does get hot. But yeah, right now we're just uh, in camp, you know, getting ready for the first preseason. Right? How does it look for playing time? Can you ascertain yet whether you're in the mix? You'll get to maybe start or see a lot of time. Uh, no, sir. They won't give us anything on that yet. We're just uh, going through camp, and they're just evaluating everybody right now. And you know, the preseason games are going to tell a lot. I don't know the rules in Canadian Football League as far as personnel. Is there a limit on the number of players that can come from, well, North America, I mean, uh, uh, the U.S., to play Canadian football? Do they still have that in effect? Uh, yes, I believe it's uh, 21 players. That can come from uh, the U.S.? Yes, our 21 players on the team that can come to the U.S. So how has practice gone so far? Uh, it's going pretty good. You know, uh, I came in, I was trying to learn the playbook. I kind of caught on like, pretty fast. So, you know, I'm just doing it, taking it day by day. Are you up there because you still really enjoy the game, or are you hoping that this could be maybe a stepping stone to maybe getting an NFL tryout maybe in a couple of years, maybe next year? You know, it's all about the love of the game. But, you know, of course, I would love to get a tryout for the NFL, you know, maybe next year or the year after that. But, you know, like I said, I love to be be with my feet all right now. And, you know, I'm going to make the most of my time down here. Well, if you ever decided to say, hey, Lee, I'm going to leave some tickets for you at the game, I got a problem (laughs) still. I haven't got my passport, so I wouldn't be able to come over there. I don't think you have to have a passport around to get to Canada, right? Oh yeah, so you guys have to make that make that appointment. Yeah, it's gonna it might take a while, but you can you can get it. All right, so before we let you go, what's the what's the connecting flight? You're not you're not taking flights directly from Mobile. How how you getting there? Uh, actually, I flew out of Mobile, then I flew to Houston, then to Toronto, and that's when we yeah. Did they have a limo ready for you when you got there? I'm sorry. Did they have a limo waiting for you to take you to Hamilton or wherever they play? Oh no! <laughs> how long? <laughs> Nothing like that. Nothing how long's like that, that flight from Houston, Toronto, man? That that's a that's a that might be a two movie flight. Oh no! It was only three hours. Surprisingly, it was only three hours. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yes, sir. Well, good for you. Hey, man, congratulations on all the success. We really do appreciate you coming aboard, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Enjoy practice, if that's such a thing. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> That's Carl Marshall, ladies and gentlemen, in the CFL. Good for him. I'm glad he's getting an opportunity. A little disappointed that at least uh, an NFL team didn't even give him an invite tryout because most everybody who's played college football gets at least an invite tryout. But maybe better things are ahead. There have been a lot of players in the um, 
Canadian Football League that have come back to the States and done very well. I think Warren Moon comes to mind immediately, even Joe Theismann. How about that? You know how like uh, some shows will be like, what did you learn today? That's what I've learned today. Already 40 minutes in, it's only a three-hour flight from Houston to Toronto. You could watch White Man Can Jump maybe t- uh, one and a half times. You could actually watch it twice because it's only an hour and a half. Oh, so. it seemed like it was yeah. three hours yesterday. I know we <laughs> stopped it at one point, and we looked and saw that there was still like 45 yeah. minutes after an hour. We're like, really? There's still like, an hour of this? Please hurry. Yeah. it, Guys, so we were talking about this earlier. We'll continue to take your feedback. Um, which, what was worse? The NBA Eastern and Western Conference Finals series or the remake of White Men Can't Jump? Lee and I b- saw both uh, over the weekend. And, um, yeah, it, it's it, – it, it, neither, neither is a real positive. Yeah, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to say the movie was worse because I turned off the basketball game when the Celtics were, I don't know, down by 20. I stupidly stayed with the movie. I mean, there were there were there were some pretty good one-liners here and there uh, in the movie, but as a whole, it just, it was so disappointing. And now, Nick, now that we've t- we've set the bar so low, you might be pleasantly surprised by the movie. I'm probably not going to watch it. Oh, but okay. thank you for. Um, Did you see the first one? Saving me an hour and forty minutes. Did you watch the original? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, Over it, the w- weekend, I watched a movie on Netflix called Missing. Oh, I passed really by that one. Is it good? Really good. Starring? Really good. Starring? I don't know. Some young girl. It's got uh, uh, Nia Long in it as her mom, though. All right. But it all that takes was, wasn't place that the lady that computer. used to be married to the uh, Celtics coach? Yes. <laughs> and we bring it back to the NBA. <laughs> yes. It all takes place at her computer, though, and she's trying to um, find someone by, like, uh, it's hard to explain. You just have to watch it. It was really good, though. I saw. I did see the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie. How was that? It wasn't bad, actually. It was a lot better than White Man Can't Jump, I can tell you that. That's a white man who can jump. Yeah, Mario. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> Luigi a little bit. Luigi. No, they. Uh, it, it, it certainly it pulls on your knowledge of the video games quite a bit. But if, you're, if you guys are familiar and enjoyed, then I think you would enjoy that. It's family fun for everybody. Um, all right. The other thing we were talking about is best, or we should say athletes turned best actors. We, we talked about the passing of Jim Brown on Friday. So we started talking about his movie career and it got us thinking about some of the actors, some of the athletes turned actors. And I guess maybe not the best, but maybe most memorable or even least <gasps> Dennis Rodman. He was in a movie. I don't consider that. With Jean-Claude Van Damme, Ooh, double yeah. trouble. That's right. Ooh, it was a good one. Come on. <laughs> Dan Marino. Dan Marino was uh, played bit part. Yeah, in uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah, Ace Ventura. Right? Yeah, he was also had a bit part in Bad Boys. But Jim, two, I think Jim Brown left at the top of his game. I think he had led the league in rushing eight out of nine years, and then his movie career. If you look, it's quite extensive. Now, granted, they weren't nominated for Academy, but he became, I think, the first black. Let's say Sidney Poitier was like right at the top as far as acting. But as far as somebody who came in from the athletic field and it wasn't like he just had a, a cameo or did one movie, like you mentioned Rodman. I mean, I think maybe what one or two movies, but I'm talking about a guy that really had an extensive uh, list of movies to his credit. 
but whether they, you like them or not, that's up to you. But uh, but they weren't good movies, were they? Well, that's again in in the eyes of the beholder. You like action movies. Most of them were action movies. No, I mean I get like the Dirty Dozen is widely considered to be a good movie. Well, I like that one. Right. That was the best of the movies I saw. But anyway. have you ever seen Ice Station Zebra? I was too cold for me. Uh, the Grasshopper. Missed that one. Slaughter. Missed it. Slaughter's Big Ripoff. <laughs> Missed that one too. <laughs> I didn't see many of his movies. I escaped from Devil's Island. That one's probably good. But I mean, see what you're doing though. You're he was. It wasn't like he was a one shot wonder. He was like in a lot of movies, whether you liked his acting or not, and whether you considered now, him. Now I'm gonna that's get fine. you. Sucker was widely considered a, a a kind of a um a cult following. Like that one, it wasn't like it picked up steam. All I'm saying is. Yes, he was in a lot of movies. That doesn't make the mo- any of the movies any good. Well, the people you mentioned, Dan Marino didn't do anything in the movie <gasps> he was in. Dennis Rodman. You watch your tongue, young man. He didn't hardly have it. Wasn't he in those Weight Watchers commercials, too? Yeah. Oh, and Isotope Gloves. Take, ha- take, ha- take care of the hands and take care of you, which probably. I think that might have been a slogan for a, a different. Uh, I mean, business. you can't name an actor. He was in Crack House. Ray that Allen? <laughs> I'm sorry? Ray Allen. Oh, he was in a. Um, but you're talking about what? Two. Spike one, Lee. You're, you're totally off the the deal here. He, he, Brown was in a ton of movies. These guys were in like one, two, three movies. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in Airplane. I remember him. Yeah, that was one ba- major. Uh, yeah. Kevin Garnett was in Uncut Gems. I Adam hated Sandler. that movie. I thought that movie was. But overrated. what's the point? Terrible. I thought that movie was really good. You're nah. talking about one movie. We're talking about a career. But wouldn't you rather be in one good, memorable movie I than be in a bunch of B movies? You haven't. You're true. They probably were B movies, but you haven't B named minus. one. You haven't named one of these athletes you can consider one great movie that they were part of. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was an airplane. I realized that, but it wasn't. You asked like me one athlete who was in one movie. Boom, done. Take. Huh? I said airplanes overrated. That's my hot take. Not that funny. You don't think? No. Uh. Naked Gun, though? (laughs) (laughs) I like the Naked Gun series, but I don't consider OJ the the standout. Mm -hmm. All right, let's take a break. This will be a hot, hotly debated topic for for hours to come. Uh, we're gonna catch up with uh, Shane Alexander over at the or- over at Orange Beach. His softball team won a state championship. John Ricchetti, Millite Golf Report as well. Uh, and of course, they were gonna make this about the LIV or the Live, and I, and I don't understand why. Like, it's not like these guys weren't good before they joined Live. It's a storyline. That's all. Yeah. That's all it is. A storyline. Apparently, he was in the Running Man with. Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'll take a look. Two athletes in the same movie. I had a caller uh, say that Denzel Washington used to hoop at UCLA. Does he count? I don't consider him a major player at UCLA. If he did, I'm wrong, but he would be a great actor. He'd be one that was maybe a fringe player that went on. Hmm. I don't remember Denzel Washington playing basketball at UCLA unless he was a pickup. Did Washington play under P.J. Carlissimo? No. Carlissimo never was at UCLA. I'll have to do a little research on this. 
All right, we come back. We talk uh, with one of our local coaches. Stay with us. We'll wrap up our number one next right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Hey, this is David Morse of QB Country. When I'm in my car, I always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station. the opening kickoff mark lee and triple g all right we had uh, one softball champion in the greater mobile area including baldwin county and that's orange beach and i guess we shouldn't be surprised because uh, winning a blue bat is nothing new shane alexander's the head coach shane congratulations and welcome to wnsp's opening kickoff good morning <laughs> good morning thanks for having me on thanks uh you now did i read correctly the, the three years you've been eligible, you've won the title all three years. Was that a misprint or is that correct? No, we've we've only had a team for three years, so um, kind of setting that bar high for, <laughs> for future uh, future teams. But yeah, three years. Three years and three state titles. Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, so how many of those players now are, are will be coming back, or are they all graduating? Lose, we lose one senior, Georgia McDonald, our left fielder. So, uh, you know, most most of these girls are, you know, eighth grade through, you know, eleventh grade. So, yeah, got a bright future. So, Shane, what's your background like? Uh, you obviously, I, I'm assuming you took over this program three years ago. Had you been coaching softball at another school? I came from uh, a place, Hartzell, up in North Alabama. I had coached softball up there. Um, I coached for about six years there. I coached baseball uh, with William Booth at Hartzell. So, yeah, I, I've been around it before I came down here. So, uh, it, it wasn't new to me. How about this game you had on Saturday against Houston Academy? How did that go? It kind of went as planned. I, I'd be honest with you. I thought that I thought the championship game was Friday night. Um, that winners bracket game. Um, I felt like that was the, the championship game, um, and it was a slugfest, ten to eight. And um, you know, if you lose that one, you get in that losers bracket. You got to play the next morning, and it's hard to it's hard to come back from that. So. Uh, I felt I felt better about Saturday than I did Friday night, that's for sure. But, yeah, it all worked out. Now tell me about your pitcher, K.J. Favors. She uh, one-hit Houston Academy, and I believe the, the one hit was the first batter she faced, and after that she shut him down. Yeah, she uh, she was phenomenal Saturday. You know, it's Friday she kind of – we had an umpire behind the – it, it was for both games or both teams, but he had a tight, tight strike zone. Um, so she wasn't getting that corners. And, and, you know, when you get behind in the count and you got to throw it down the middle, yeah, they're going to hit if they're good players. Um, but, you know, I felt like Saturday, you know, we had an umpire who was, you know, strike zone was a little bit bigger, which, you know, is, you know, good for her uh, with her curves and screwballs and all that. So, um, 
Yeah, she, uh, you know, she was the MVP last year also. So, uh, um, yeah, that's what she, she's a phenomenal, you know, 10th grader. We still get her two more years. Wow. So, so let me ask started. you this. When, with a tight strike zone, it, did, did she, was there a tendency to get frustrated? Or do you say anything to the ump or just let it ride? Uh, yeah, you get frustrated and, you know, you, you say something. But, you know, it was going both ways. I mean, Houston Academy's pitcher is really good, too. I mean, she's committed to Alabama. So, um, you know, it, it's frustrating. When you think you, you know, you, you call a pitch and it's it's where it, you know, 90% of the time it's going to be a strike, but it is what it is. Um, but, you know, you get behind in the count and when that happens and you got you know, you've got to throw a strike, then, you know, the batter's just going to sit there and sit on it. And, and that's what happened Friday night. But um, it all worked out, so. Shane Alexander is the head coach of R&B. It's three trips to the States, three titles. So what's there about your program that's the, the it factor? What 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 makes your program so good? <laughs> uh, we talked about this last night. I mean, yeah, we, we've got phenomenal players. I mean, these girls work tremendously hard, long, long hours, um, and they and they do it year-round. That's, that's the thing is they, you know, they're off next, or I think they get a week off, and then they're they're back with their travel teams. But I've I've got phenomenal assistant coaches that, you know, they're they're the rock stars. I mean, I just get to sit back and manage, and you know, I kid them all the time. I say, I just drive the bus. But um, great coaches, great community support. I mean, I told the parents in the city last night they had a little celebration for them that you know it's it's a it's perfect down here. I mean, you know, we've got a brand new stadium with a turf field and, you know, community support, parent support. There's a lot of things that go into it. The culture down here is unbelievable. So, yeah, it's, uh, I couldn't ask for anything more. So, but these girls are gritty, gritty, gritty. They, uh, they think they're going to win. And, you know, we got bumped up to 4A. After being in 2A, and I tell people all the time, I don't care what classification you put these girls in. They're that good. They can compete in any classification. So, Coach, <laughs> congratulations, man. Unbelievable run. Uh, enjoy the offseason, and uh, we'll be in touch, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it. We'll take a few days off. There you go. That's Coach Alexander over to Orange Beach with their uh, third consecutive State championship. I would guess when you take a few days off, you don't have to travel far to go to a nice destination yeah. in Orange Beach. Seriously. Updating uh, uh, whoever mentioned that Denzel did play basketball at Fordham under yes. P.J. Carlissimo. Yep. Um, we're getting a ton of uh, response on the athletes who have turned actors. Um Dick Butkus, he he had a long resume of TV. Still an actor. Show me. Shaq was in both Real Steel, no Steel and Shazam. That's two. Just show me an actor who moved from the football field, who had the career that Jim Brown, who had an extensive movie career. The Rock. More extensive. The most extensivest. This is. I would say in the movie part of it, yeah. I wouldn't say his career at University of Miami was stood out. John Ricchetti is next. The Millite Golf Report, hour number two. Stay with us.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Hey, good morning. Welcome into hour number two, the opening kickoff. Mark Lee, Triple G, hope you guys had a, a great weekend. We're back at it and busier than ever. As we uh, check the headlines, Alabama moves into the Super Regionals after a one nothing win over Middle Tennessee, one of three SEC schools with a softball team advancing to the Supers. Uh, as far as college baseball goes, uh, Alabama and Auburn will both play tomorrow in the first round of the SEC Baseball Tournament. In the NBA, well, what are you going to say? Unless, unless the Lakers in Boston can rally, it has been a disaster. Miami leading three games to none with a 26-point win yesterday. The Lakers in Denver, game four tonight. Denver leading three games to none. To golf, well, that's where we got our Miller Lite golf reporter, Mr. John Ricchetti, front and center. Johnny, uh, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing good, Lee. Doing good. What a great tournament yesterday, wasn't it? It was very, very good, especially for Brooks Kepka. You kept wondering when he had the third-round lead, would he fall apart like he did at the Masters? How did his round turn out yesterday? Well, he played some superb golf. I mean, uh, I think he learned from the, I guess, if you want to call it a collapse at the Masters after he was leading through 54 holes and but uh, this guy is built for the center stage, and he's just that good. If you look at his last 22 major starts, Brooks Kepler has five wins, four runner-ups, and 14 top tens in his last 22 starts in major championships. And uh, he played just some spectacular golf yesterday and uh, uh, didn't get rattled at all. And, I mean, you know, some of the shots he hit down the stretch yesterday uh, were incredible. And, again, uh, kind of an unfortunate break uh, to Victor Hovland yesterday on the, I guess it was the 16th hole, uh, where he had to take, you know, left the ball in the bunker, had to take an unplayable lie and resulted in making a double bogey, which pretty much sealed everything uh, for Brooks Kepka. But uh, uh, the guy is, uh, he's got the swagger and everything else and uh i i definitely see him possibly winning either the open championship or the u.s open this year i think he's possibly got a great chance to win one more major this year johnny let me ask you a question about kepka he he was quoted as saying one of the reasons he left the pga to go to the live was because he had lost some of his confidence based on his injuries and things like that and some of the issues he had with injuries could it be, Can with this deal going on, the PGA, and, and I'll have two questions. Number one, he certainly qualifies for the Ryder Cup. So is he okay for the U.S. to be in the Ryder Cup? And the second part, can he can he leave, live, and come back to the PGA if he wanted to? Well, on your first question, I mean, he is now currently number two in points on the Ryder Cup. Uh, and obviously the only tournaments he could be able to play where he'll earn points will be the U.S. Open and, uh, and the Open Championship. So he's only got two more starts, technically, to make the Ryder Cup team, which if he plays well, he's in second. The top six automatically uh, are on the Ryder Cup team, 
and then Captain Zach Johnson will, will pick six uh, captain's picks. So the question remains, obviously, he will be on the Ryder Cup team if he qualifies. So the big question is, let's just say, eh, he makes the cut, doesn't play all that great in the last two majors, and finishes seventh. Will he get picked? That's the question out there that's surrounding the game of golf. Does he deserve to be picked on the team? Forget all the politics involved, 100%. He is a top 12 American player in the game of golf. Yes, he deserves to be on the team. So that's the big question. And uh, uh, we'll just wait to see how this, uh, how this all pans out moving forward. And obviously a lot of questions will be asked to Zach Johnson uh, what his status is. And I think we'll get more clarity here in the next uh, week or so. Uh, on uh, Brooks Kepka, will he be on the Ryder Cup team? I think he should be on the Ryder Cup team uh, if he earned a spot, obviously, and if he doesn't. And let me let me tell you one other thing. He, of all the players that, the, that have left to live, him and Dustin Johnson are still viewed by their peers, PGA Tour members, as they like them. Uh, they had a poll yesterday, I guess, in the media. They asked five current Ryder Cup players that would be on the team for sure. Four out of the five guys said they 100% wanted Brooks Kepka on the team. The other one said, uh, the other, they wouldn't name who it was, it said uh, he doesn't really have a problem, but it depends on who the, uh, who would make the team. So he's still well, well, well respected by his players on the PGA Tour. Johnny, we appreciate it, and we'll check in with you Friday. All right, guys, have a great week. I think most everybody who follows college football knows Colorado by far and away leads every college team in bringing in transfers, Mark. They're up to 48, mm-hmm. but Auburn is second now. They got two more over the week, and we'll talk to Brian Matthews about that. They have now brought in 20 transfers under Hugh Freeze. But where are they? See, but didn't Colorado lose like 70 since last at the, at the end of the last season? So they're still negative guys, right? See, I think instead of looking at how many you bring in, you gotta you gotta weigh the those going out with those coming in. So they're still in a negative. We gotta see where Auburn is, like how many they've lost as opposed to how many they brought in. Yeah, we could ask Brian about that. I don't know how many they've lost, but uh, since Hugh Freeze took over, twenty have come in since the spring game. I think eight or nine, and the latest is a wide receiver transfer from Deion Sanders' old school, Jackson State. Ah. Shane Hooks. How about that? Shane Hooks. I like that name. That's a good receiver name. That's a good one? Hooks. All right. Yes. Uh, Coming up this hour, we're going to talk to uh, Brian Matthews. You mentioned 730. We'll have some Chick-fil-A for you as well. And hour number three, Orlando Azaghari on the Miami Heat and Mike Rodak on um, Alabama. So uh, we've asked you what was worse this weekend, the Eastern and Western Conference series or the remake of white men can't jump reboot whatever you want to call it but uh, it, it was just not a good weekend since, for basketball since i'm not gonna watch it yeah what can you tell me what was wrong with it where do you want to start uh, acting plot uh i mean was the just, plot different from the original yeah a little bit the backstories were a little different um Harlow is a uh, former Gonzaga player that's still at 28 trying to get to the G League, but his body is broken down, and he's trying all these 
different concoctions uh, concoctions to get back while hustling with some training, you know, training people and, um, you know, selling this detox stuff. Like, you know, just living – doesn't even uh, – he's not even living paycheck to paycheck. He's completely broke. There's nothing – at least this is me now. I'm not trying to – this is me. There's nothing that sustained my interest to say, yeah, I can't wait for the next scene or I can't wait to see what happens because to me the the, the plot just wasn't the plot line just weren't there. And then the, to me it was just a concoction of junk. The other guy uh was a up and comer hoop, hooper back in high school. His dad really pushed him. There were some issues there. Things fell apart for him. So he's kind of a redemption story. It just it just wasn't about two guys with a little bit of basketball background that were hustling for hu- for hustle's sake. Um, it 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 just just didn't work. It was a lot of trash talking. But that that but that's just it. Like the trash talking wasn't even as good as in the exactly. original. I know that's like what I'm that saying. first was... scene in the original White Men Can't Jump is like iconic. Maybe it's because we've had so much of that back then that it was kind of maybe it was kind of new. Maybe because there's trash talk has become such a uh, something that we're so familiar with now that it, just, it, it had no effect on me. Yeah. Maybe. So, so it just um, it just didn't live up to the original, which is generally the case. It, it's hard to it's hard to recapture that magic. So the other thing we were asking too, with the passing of Jim Brown, we started talking about actors turned or athletes turned actors, and who are the best athletes turned actors, and maybe who are some of the worst. And now, wrestlers Lee don't count. And what wrestlers don't count? Well, they're athletes. Yeah, but then that those would be by far the winners: The Rock, John Cena, Batista. The end. Well, at least Cena. You know what? I'm I'm going to give him a pass because he's been in several movies. It's not like he's a one-shot wonder. Plus, he was at the top of his game, right, wrestling-wise, if you want to call so it that. So is The Rock. I, I know, but he didn't have the athletic career is what I'm saying. Cena has the athletic career. That's When he asked the question, I put two and two together, and give me an A-list of athletes who moved in, and maybe they're not the greatest actors or actresses, but— at least, and I say actresses too, because Ronda Rousey, you know, she was. Uh, ah, there's another one. <laughs> <laughs> How did you guys miss that? So wait, so Cena has the athletic career, but The Rock doesn't. No, no, I'm talking about uh, The Rock did not have much of a career with Miami. Right. All right. Cena, I don't know what his background was before wrestling. Is, is, did he have one? I don't know. Did he? I, I have no knowledge about him. I just know I've seen him in a few movies. He's okay. I mean, he's they're basically, you know, it's not like they came out of the Marlon Brando school of mythology. He apparently he did play football in college, but I'm trying to see. I mean, if you're built like John Cena or The Rock, you probably have a history of playing football, I would assume. It doesn't say where he went to school. I will do the research. All Thank I'm saying you. is Lee is defending Jim Brown as, as one of the top athletes actors. to come in to because and sustain. I didn't say he's a great actor. I right. just said an, a great athlete at the top of his game who then moved into the acting business because the owner was going to fine him for coming for being late. 
Now, he his resume, his movie resume is long and extensive. I'm not saying they're the greatest movies, not saying he was the greatest actor. I'm just saying he was at the top of his game as an athlete who did not just come in and do one or two movies. By the way, it looks like John Cena played at Springfield College in Massachusetts, played football. Ooh, the home of the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame. What yeah. about uh, Michael Jordan and Space Jam? Are we are we counting that? But see, you can count anything you want. You can Bob Euchre's <laughs> name is there. Was Bob Euchre an actor? No. Yes, he did. They did this usual play by play. But he he had those were scripted lines. Major League, yes. And, and I realized I know he was in a TV sitcom. We're talking about movies, an extensive list of movies. How many movies was Michael Jordan in? One. And there was one, and there was one made about him. Does that count? Yes. Carl Weathers getting some love in the app. We mentioned that off the air. Yep. Uh, Terry Bradshaw. Terry did uh, Failure to Launch. He also did. Uh, he was in Cannonball Run. Right. He was in one of those movies. Do we right? have a call? We want to take. Let's take. Let's take a quick call here on WNSP. <laughs> Go ahead, caller. Hey, this is Alabama Nature Boy. Um, Alex Karras. O.J. Simpson, Brian Bosworth, but Karras has probably d- done more than any of them. You're right. He did. Webster. Right. <laughs> was he in any movies, though? Was he in any movies? Uh, yeah, I think so. Karras was. Um, and Brian Bosworth, Stone Cold. That's the one I was thinking of. Bosworth. That's cinematic hist- That's That's just cinematic lore. Karras was... Karras was one of the first great athletes suspended for gambling. Karras was in uh, Blazing Saddles. Oh, that's right. Yes. Good one. How about that? That would have gone Andre over. Andre the Giant. Are we back in the wrestler genre again? I mean, if we're counting them, they're, they're the best, right? I agree. I don't I really agree. count them as, well, they're definitely athletes. But? But they're not like competing in a sport. That doesn't already have a ending a outcome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Let's uh, let's get you a scoreboard traffic and weather. Uh, we'll come back. You guys can chime in. Brian Matthews at seven thirty. Some Chick Fil A this hour as well. well. You know, you know what might be a better question, Mark? What athlete that we know of needs to start their acting career? Tyler Hero, I'm assuming, probably isn't on that list. He's already started. It was short and sweet. LeBron's already, uh, I mean, he's showing this ability to to flop. Perhaps maybe we need to give him another movie. I bet LeBron has made more money at the box office. He's made more money in his sneaker contract than anything. All fascinating points. Stay with us. Continue your comments in the app. It's the opening kickoff. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. He's all the way back. Kepka. Parkers, the PGA. All right, 726, welcome in uh, on this Monday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. It's the opening kickoff. Reminding you, by the way, give us a vote. Vote WNSP up for seven nominations. 
I believe the opening kickoff is three of them, uh, including Best Sports Show. So give us a give us a, a vote if you uh, so desire. We would appreciate that support. Uh, guys, if you're within a year of retiring, if you're closing in on the age of 65, you need to listen up. Aiden Marks over at Medicare Insurance Advisors, he can help you out. Medicare Insurance Advisors, locally owned, community driven. I tell you, they work with multiple carriers. That includes Medicare Advantage, Medicare Supplement, Medicare Part D, plus others. There's never a fee for his services. So if you're confused, tired of nonstop solicitation calls, maybe you just need a local agent. Aiden Marks is the guy. He's been in the business for 13 years. His office right there on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet in Daphne. You can go see him, or better yet, he can come see you. You're going to have questions. Everybody's situation is different and unique. That's where Aiden comes in and can help you. Maybe you just, maybe you need, uh, everything is online. You need somebody to talk to. He's the guy. Give him a call, 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Aiden Marks, Medicare Insurance Advisors. Give him a call. Did you, uh, by the way, how do y'all feel about, did y'all see this tweet by Magic Johnson, by the way? I think it was last night, late last night. He says, in my 44 years of being associated with the NBA, I never thought I'd see a Boston Celtics team, a franchise with 17 championships, quit. I know Celtic fans all over the world must be disgusted and devastated. The Miami Heat blew them out 128-102 in Game 3. Here's I Go back to the uh, the, the previous series where he's, uh, Tatum had the 16 points in the fourth quarter and then had the blowout game with that incredible 50-plus to lead the Celtics. And now in the uh, NBA Eastern Division Finals, he has yet to score a field goal in the fourth quarter. So How do you figure? My, my, my point is... Not that good. While, while Magic isn't wrong, should he be should he be tweeting and making those comments about one of his biggest rivals ever while his team's sitting there at a three zero deficit? Yeah, but L A hasn't quit. Boston it rolled over. You know what, Mark? So they lost worse than my team. So. So that's like that's like an Alabama an fan. He's making an observation. Boston quit, and they did quit. That'd be they like lost an Alabama thirty in a must-win game, right? But that's like an Alabama Auburn fan going after the other. But in this after day and a weekend age, where they both lost, you and know they do that all in the social messaging. Is there any limitation on who you can go after? Doesn't matter. There's no boundaries. Just go and say whatever you want. That's what most people do these and days. And that's why you have a Twitter account. That's why I don't use it. You wouldn't be the first person to tweet something this week, and they. Or Magic. Magic wouldn't be the first person to tweet something they wish they hadn't. If I had a Twitter account, yeah, I may have put something out there about white man can't jump. At Shervanian Lee. I may have said something, but I didn't. Brian Matthews is next. We'll talk some Auburn. Stay with us. Welcome back in the opening 
kickoff continues. Mark Lee and Triple G in the studios of WNSP. Let's find out what's going on on the uh, planes these days up at Auburn. We call in Brian Matthews from Auburn Sports. Brian, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing terrific. Thank you very much. You sound good. You must have had a good weekend. Yeah, Any, not too bad. Anything new to the story that came out Friday from the uh, from the not the athletic department, but from the administration about some Auburn players maybe being suspended, and it was very vague and very vanilla, and no further comment. Is there any follow up to that story at all? Not really anything reportable at this time, you know, as far as specifics. But you know, I, I just um, I would say that um, you know I think it's a pretty serious investigation, and uh, you know I don't know how it's going to turn out. But you know I wouldn't just blow it off as no big deal. And I, and I, again, I just wonder: will this thing prolong to the point where when Hugh Freeze and and John Cohen and you know they get to uh, Sandestin, if that will be an issue down there in two weeks when the uh, SEC spring meetings are held? You know, I, I sort of doubt it's going to take that long to get through this, but, I, you know, I don't really have a timetable at all. You know, that's sort of guessing on my end. So so we'll see. But, um, you know, I, I would think they can get through it quicker than that. But you know, I, I can't say that for certain. And is this a story that, uh, let's say, Auburn reporters are really looking into, or you're just sitting back and waiting for something to happen? I mean, we usually don't sit back and wait for something to happen, but okay. I would say they're doing a good job, uh, as opposed to previous years of keeping in-house. Um, usually there's a lot more reportable info out there by now uh, when an investigation is going on at Auburn. So uh, I, I guess you could give credit to John Cohen and uh, the folks over uh, at Sanford Hall for doing a little bit better job keeping the lid on this one. Brian, I understand Auburn has now reeled in 20 transfers. I want to get your take on is this a much better Auburn team because of these? I know it's tough because you haven't really seen, I guess you haven't seen many of these guys play. How much better is this team with these transfers coming in? Uh, I would say Auburn's gotten a lot better. I think the roster that um, you freeze and staff inherited back on November 28th, I think it was, uh, was probably you know one that was going to win maybe three or four games at most in the SEC. And now I think with what they've done, especially bringing in a quarterback, uh, you know, puts them at a team that can compete for seven, eight, maybe nine wins uh, during the regular season. So uh, I think they've done a terrific job. I don't think you can build a championship team by, you know, turning over your roster this much. But I think you can go from really a really bad team to a, maybe a better than average team, and I think they've done that. 20 are coming in. How many have they lost? Do you know the, the number that have actually transferred out? Yes, 20, uh, 20 out. Um, yes, that's correct, yes. Oh, so 20 in, 20 out. <laughs> yeah. are, they at, are they at their full scholarship limit now, or do they still have an opening or two? No, I still think they have room um, for some more. And um, uh, New Mexico State cornerback Cyrus Dumas is, uh, I think, in the day for his official visit. I think he's already said he's committed or going to commit. Another one to add uh, to it uh, fairly soon here. So um, I, I would say that um, you know this is going to be a turnover of more than 50% of Auburn's roster before year one. 
And I think a lot of credit goes to, um, you know, you and his staff for really working their tails off to, to at least get Auburn to a much more competitive position for 2023. Let's put the quarterback aside. We're not going to count him. Are any of the other 19, let's say, a wow factor or it factor or somebody that really caught your attention that, wow, this guy could be really something? That's an interesting question. You know, I think the most important thing they've done is rebuild the offensive and defensive line. Those aren't really wild guys, right? Uh, especially on the offensive line. Um, to be honest with you, no, nobody really stands out. Brian Petit, the running back, he can make some wild plays. You know, he's, he's that type of, of real shifty guy, explosive, can help on special teams too. Um, Jair, um, oh, I got to get his last name right. Uh, the wide receiver from North Texas, um, uh, Jair, oh gosh. Anyway, I cannot remember his last name. I can't either, but and he, I apologize. Uh, Jair Shorter, I'm sorry. He is a very explosive receiver. I think he led FBS in yards per catch uh, around 27 yards per catch last year. So he has that explosive ability. Um, so he's certainly one that can um, be very exciting, I feel like, offensively. Kind of curious. I mean, I, I I will never get to talk to him, but maybe you guys will. Shane Hooks coming in from Jackson State. Why didn't he wind up going to Colorado with Dion? Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll get to ask him that. But uh, he's another guy with really good size and good catch radius who had uh, ten touchdowns for Jackson State last year, who could uh, certainly help out and potential push for a starting spot to this fall. So, you know, that wide receiver position was one that Auburn really needed to upgrade, and they did a terrific job adding, I think, three total. Oh, actually, four total if you go back to um, uh, Nick Marner, who came in um, in January. like to get your take on the baseball team. Finished up terrifically, winning eight straight. They draw the late game tomorrow night against the same school. They just swept Missouri. Your take on this team, how good is it, and could they possibly host a regional if they do something in this tournament? Well, they moved up to number 15 uh, in the NCAA RPI, which is a, a good sign that they're right in the top 16, which you need to be uh, to host a regional. And they're certainly one of the hottest teams coming into uh, the postseason here. So, yeah, I think they're in position to potentially do it. You know, I don't think it's a done deal yet, um, although I'm not sure that, um, you know, a win or loss tomorrow is going to make that much of a difference. I, I tend to, you know, my experience tells me that a lot of what happens in the SEC tournament doesn't necessarily impact what happens on NCAA selection day unless the team, you know, makes a run all the way to the finals or wins it. So, um, you know, we'll see about that, but I think Auburn's really close uh, to potentially hosting. Uh, 17 wins in the SEC is, is usually a good mark uh, for teams to host. Is there some... and, and just Auburn, the way they finish, I think, is going to impress anybody who looks at the resume. And on this resume, is there anything that really stands out? Is it the hitting? They have a pitching staff or, or what? what? What got them to this point? Well, you can go back to the Texas A&M series six weeks ago, and they walked 30, 30 players, uh, you know, during that whole series in three games, which was, and they managed to win one of them, which was pretty incredible, uh, to be honest. Um, they've had a pretty good lineup throughout the season. The pitching is what's gotten much, much better. Um, this team had a 3.21 ERA over that winning streak, uh, batted 3.29, and started hitting the ball um, with much more power the second half of SEC play. Uh, when they were 12-3, and three, which is the best record in the SEC. So I, I would say it's the pitching staff improvement that's really made the difference the most. 
on the basketball front, have they done anything just in case Broom stays in the uh, draft, which we won't know until, I guess, uh, the 31st of May. That's the deadline. Do they have any, uh, let's say, targets as far as inside strength, tall players coming in? They do not. Um, they're, they're expecting Broom back, but, uh, of course, he has to make that decision. But uh, if he doesn't come back, you know, they'll, they'll try to figure out something. But um, they don't have a, a plan B right now at this moment, not a firm one at least. Brian, we always appreciate it, man. Been, it's been too long. Tell everybody how they can continue to follow your coach of all things Auburn. A lot going on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thank you. And uh, you can check us out at AuburnSports.com. We're getting together with Butch and some players uh, later today. And, uh, of course, we'll continue to cover Auburn's work in the portal uh, in football and basketball. And official visits for high school players will probably be starting uh, either this weekend or next. So we'll have plenty of coverage of that, too. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BMATAU. Hey, man, have a great week. Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, we come back. Uh, I think uh, Lee's going to offer up a little Chick-fil-A here on a Monday. A couple of things we've been tackling today. What was worse, Eastern Conference and Western Conference series over the weekend or the, new rele- or the release of the new White Men Can't Jump, which was worse? Right now, I think we're in a dead heat. It's hard to say which one was worse. And... With the passing of Jim Brown, the best, I'm going to say the athlete who turned best actor or best athlete who turned uh, actor? Are we looking for the, is the emphasis on the best athlete or best actor? Either way, Lee's going to defend Jim Brown. Why would I do that? I, I don't know. It's a great question. I'm going to get you sucker, though. It's pretty good. I'll say that. He certainly stayed in the mainstream, though, whether it was acting, football playing, or his role in race relations and activism. He certainly kept his name out there. We'll wrap up over two next. Stay with us. This is Will Herring, a member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNST 105.5. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day Where the people laugh and children play Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A Alright, boys and girls, here we go. Another week of the opening kickoff. Another week of Chick-fil-A giveaways. What do you got for us? I got the uh, PGA Tournament. Name the only golfer who had an ace. There was one golfer who just blew everybody away. When he got that eighth at number 15, uh, if you know who it was, 694-1055, and you got yourself a Chick-fil-A. You know, Mark, I was looking at the list of athletes who turned actors, one that you probably do not remember, and I'm only saying that because it was before your time, but I certainly was very familiar with Ed Marinero. Do you remember him? No. Okay, Ed Marinero, back when, was a – uh, running back for Cornell. I think he finished second in the Heisman. Think about that. An Ivy League player who finished second in the Heisman. And he went on to a, a long career on that TV show. Was it Hill Street Blues? I think it was. So it wasn't so much that he made his mark. And again, using the term actor, that can be TV or movie. So I'll, I'll give the, I'll give him that. Uh, but that he had a long career. However, the show, however long that show was, Ed Marinero was a, a star of that show. But he, 
He was a really good back, and I think he spent like three or four years with the Vikings. Uh, but he made his mark in college football. Hey, speaking of that, remember last week I mentioned this guy, Seth Towns, who was back when, I think 2016, was like the Ivy League basketball player of the year. And then in four of his next five years, he was hurt or injured. And I said, here's a guy at the age of 25, ready to turn 26, who's in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Well, he decided he's going to Howard University. Oh, good. So good we'll be him. certainly looking forward to following his career. It looks like we got a phone call, so let's grab one here at 694-1055. Go ahead, caller. Welcome to WNSP. Hey, good morning, guys. Just throwing out a couple of athletes turned actors. Okay, shoot. Um, y'all didn't mention Burt Reynolds, did you? Earlier today, about it was yeah, real early, but yeah, Burt was certainly one that uh, is worthy of mention. All right. Did you mention Merlin Olson? Yes, definitely. I okay. mentioned him. A little uh, house did on the prairie. Did you mention Alec, Alex Karras? Mr. Karras uh, of Webster fame, yes. And Blazing Saddles, okay. I might add. And then, uh, yes, and Blazing Saddles. Uh, then there's the great uh, Johnny Weissmiller. Uh, I was about. I held off on him because I was. I didn't think our my uh, co-hosts would know who he was, but he and was he'd famous. be correct. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he. Well, doesn't, they must but, know him uh, from yeah, the, Tarzan movies, uh, the Tarzan movies. The Tarzan movies. Hey, if you want to go that far back, how about a great Alabama running back, Johnny Mac Brown? Johnny Mac Brown, you can also throw Buster Crab in there, uh, other Tarzan. But a guy who played quarterback in college, uh, transitioned to the acting, and has done extremely well from a monetary standpoint. Did you mention Mark Harmon? We did, uh, actually, of summer school and NCIS fame. <laughs> you know, Chuck, I batted, yeah. ag- I batted against him in the uh, when the Mark Harmon All Stars came to uh, Mobile. I actually stood up at home plate trying to hit him. I think I, I think I remember that. And didn't your coach tell you just to go up there and uh, not swing, take pitches, because that's why you didn't get the bat off your shoulder? Or, or what was the whole deal there? Actually, to tell you the truth, I hit the ball very well. I lined out to right field okay. on a 3-2 pitch. <laughs> it's one of my – I'm just joking, Lee. I know you are, but I actually hit, uh, hit his fastball. I, I got a good pee. But he was uh, – he, he pitched, like, the whole game for the uh, Mark Harmon All-Stars. I will say this real quickly. I, I know you mentioned him earlier. I, I went uh, – it's been a couple of years ago. It's before he actually officially announced he was running for Senate when Tommy Tuberville was speaking at the Mobile Touchdown Club. He told some stories about uh, Dwayne Johnson and uh, – how, you know, he could tell that he wanted to go do something other than football because he thought he was too pretty to get hit out on the practice field. And uh, But anyway, it's, it's, it's certainly worked out for The Rock. So uh, Thank you, Chuck. Good totally. to hear from you. Right. You betcha. So, right. so can we can we agree, though? I know we were debating does, do, do wrestlers count in this conversation because, yes, it's they're athletes, but it's not really a sport. But can we agree, though, if we were breaking it up by activity or sport, that wrestlers make the best actors or have had the most successful acting careers? And then I would say that football would come in second, right? Yes. I mean, uh, I can't think of any golfers or baseball players or or tennis players. Basketball. Basketball would be a maybe get, third. But see, they get their own movies, though. Yeah. With Looney Tunes. <laughs> 
Well, there's only been two. Well, so that's great sharing a uh, a billing with Daffy Duck. I think so. You want to talk about a, a cinematic legend, Bugs Bunny? Man, he's been around the block. I mean, he's been around longer than you. He has, and I will say this: he, growing up, he was one of my favorite cartoon character. What about Crusader? Oh, Crusader Rabbit? Yeah, Crusader Rabbit you like to talk about. I'm not going to go there. Okay. I'm not going to go to Crusader Rabbit, but Bugs Bunny was it. You know, I, I wasn't supposed into... supposed to make a golf jam movie with Tiger Woods, but it never happened. Really? Yep. And a, and a, uh, a skate jam with Tony Hawk. I can't believe you remembered Crusader Rabbit. Good for you. Well, I knew it was Crusader something. It's Crusader Rabbit. See, there are times. It's not very often, but I, there that's are what I'm times. Saying, I'm shocked that when you, you talk, listen. I listen. That I couldn't believe that. Mark, what's the oldest thing you think you can name that Lee won't even remember? Dirt. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Santa Maria. Uh, uh <laughs> yeah, Lee, can you name the uh the three ships that you and was Columbus? It, it was Christopher Columbus and the gang, right? You, you and, I you and Chris came over in on. No, I'm thinking of the first Thanksgiving. Oh, I I was not invited to that. The Pilgrims. Oh. What's the What's the earliest thing I remember that he may not remember? Um, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. That's pretty good. Yeah, but here's the here's what I still do not understand in history. <laughs> Why is he given credit for discovering America when America's Vespucci actually beat him to the punch oh and boy. got here? Wow. And is actually Hot take. Yeah, is actually considered by many to be the first. And then Columbus came along with the three ships and he's given credit. Why is that? Especially yeah, since that, the country an age, since that's it, an age old history. It's class not we're not right this there, is not Colombia. This is America and America's Vespucci, I think it was kind of named after him. Am I right or wrong? I have no idea. By what the I'm way, when about. Chuck brought up about there. Tommy Tuberville, yeah. did you see the correlation? Tuberville used to be a coach at Miami back yes. when. Okay, you knew that. I, that I knew. All right. Just want to be sure. I think he was a grad assistant under Jimmy Johnson. You guys can jump in, 694-1055. Find me an athlete turned actor better than Jim Brown, according to Lee. For his longevity. For his longevity. Because I was looking at some of Jim Brown's movie titles they ain't exactly no they're not. TV. no i'm i didn't i didn't so i mean they're entertaining we're words but yeah, we're put together you're off the main track once again um what i said about jim brown to me he was the best athlete that went into the movie industry and had a long history of movies i didn't say he was the best i'm not even coming close to that he was he was all right he wasn't like some guy that was trained to be an actor, but he lasted a long time when you look at the resume of movies. He actually, all jokes aside, I know we've been having some fun with this, but the scene in Any Given Sunday where he's at the bar with Al Pacino is actually a really, he does a really good job in that scene. Um, See, I don't remember it. I yeah, saw the was, movie, but I don't remember him even such being a long in movie. It. The movie went on forever. But like, young Jamie Foxx was in that. You remember he was steaming Willie Beeman. He was the backup quarterback to Dennis Quaid. Like they had some, they had a really good cast. His in that most movie. controversial back when you got to remember this was back in the '60s was the movie with Raquel Welch. It wasn't Sucker Free City. <laughs> no, I think it was called. Check it in. I think it was called A Hundred Rifles. I could be wrong on that. Uh, he had a kissing scene with Raquel, which Arr. was very 
not done in those days. Yeah. Um, he was in Chips. He was in Knight Rider. Jim Brown was in Knight Rider. That I don't remember at all. He was also in the A-Team. Man, guy was all over the place. In the 60s. I haven't scrolled that far down. 100 Rifles. There it is. 1969. A rated R movie, Lee. They let you watch that back in the day? Mark, I can honestly say I haven't even seen it. I may have seen a, a piece here and a piece there, you know, on when I had the Western Channel, but I don't, I don't remember sitting through the whole movie. I mean, let's face it, except for Dirty Dozen, that was about the only movie I ever saw from start to finish, and it wasn't because of Jim Brown. It was because of that long list. They had uh, Bronson, Lee Marvin, Ernest Borgine. I mean, it was unbelievable. Uh, Telly Savalas. It was a terrific cast. Lee, when you were a kid, did you go uh, see Psycho when no, it premiered? Did not. Oh, I heard that was all the rage back then. It was, but I didn't. I never saw it. Have you Have you not seen it since? Like you never no, saw the movie? I've never seen it. Hmm. Oh. I've seen the, the 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 sequence with. Uh, no, no, I haven't. I haven't. I was not into. You know what? I was not into Alfred Hitchcock movies at all. No. Or his TV show. Well, Jim Brown. Nor Raquel, Raquel Welch were in, were in those movies. Imagine no, if Jim Brown was in Psycho. Mm. Well, I, like I say, I, I didn't go out of my way to see his that, movies. I, I don't get heart attacks. I give heart attacks. I bleep it, bleep. I didn't go out of my way. to I'm gonna get it. you, sucker. <laughs> I don't go out of my way to see his movies. Hmm. Do you guys see the uh, early reviews for the new Indiana Jones movie? Just N- came out. Not great. Not. Great. That Not means great it's probably hurts. good. That means I'll enjoy it. No, I like when there's when the re- reviews aren't Man. good. It, it lowers expectations. That's I'm right. pleasantly surprised because I I don't think it's going to be very good. I I that was I was a prediction I had. Not I a had guarantee hopes for it. I hope it's better than uh, than it than I think it's going to well, be. Well, uh, hopefully it's better than number four. Yeah. No, it's not looking. Twelve like rifles or 120 rifles or whatever. It was probably better than. Hundred rifles. Whatever. Hundred rifles. I lost count. Whatever. Oh, and Fast X came out this past weekend. Yeah. I'm going to see it at some point. You could totally throw an athlete up in the Fast and Furious franchise. John Cena's already in it. I mean, they got a rapper. Ludacris is in there. Yeah, they got a little bit of everything in there. The Rock's in there. And now, uh, what's her name? Captain Marvel's in it now. Is she an athlete? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right. Come on. What are we doing next? Oh, all we're right. gonna talk to Orlando Alzagari. Unless he's in the shower. Why would he be in the shower? Well, the last couple times that he messaged me. Oh, the old "I'm in the take- shower" excuse. Yeah, right, if he doesn't want to be on, he should yeah, just say. Yeah, he said I, I was taking a shower. What you guys? Were what's on. the What's the best or worst excuse you've ever used to not talk to somebody? I'm in the shower. What's the best excuse you ever came up with? Oh, what are the past three ones that I gave you? <laughs> well, really, one of the best ones is my phone wasn't charged. Yeah, my phone was dead. Yeah, I've one. had that one. Yeah, heard that one a few times. I was in the shower. My phone's dead. I didn't recognize. The I call. left my. I left my, my f- ringer. My ringer was on, right. which is actually true. Because I, I all, unlike you, I always mute my phone before the show, and I always forget to turn it back on. I'll, I'll miss at least a call a day. I don't even know what my ringtone sounds like.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. It's 805, 804 actually. Welcome in hour number three. Thanks uh, for joining us here on another week of the opening kickoff. Mark Lee, Triple G, and apparently uh, Big O might be washing behind the ears right now. I'm not sure. <laughs> Check him out. Give him another shot. I don't think it. I want to. No, I'm I, talking about it, Nick. Give him uh, another chance. Ring that phone. Yeah. All right. So we're efforting. Uh, but Mike Rodak's going to join us at 830. Uh, we've talked about a number of things here on the show. Um What's your what's your best excuse for not taking a phone call? Like when someone says I tried to reach you, like what's your best excuse? I don't have one. I take them all. You take every single one of them. I try. All right. So should we give your number out and see how many no. you'll take? No, because uh, I don't. Telemarketer's dream. Yeah, <laughs> I I answer them all. Uh, the only time I don't answer a phone is, of course, when I'm working out and I don't take my phone into the uh, workout place. That's it. Hmm. Now I will say this, with this phone. Yeah. I don't carry it around as much as I did the other phone because the other one you could just fit into your pocket. This one, I don't want to take a chance on it dropping out or this is the iPhone. I, I don't take this everywhere I go like you did the other one. So I don't get that many calls anyway, to be honest. I really don't. Everybody texts now. Nobody calls. I don't I don't take a call from a number I don't, I don't know anymore. It, if it's not programmed into my phone, unless I'm waiting for someone that I normally don't call, I, I never pick up the phone. I'm glad we got that settled. established. Yeah, yeah we, we established that. All right, the headlines. Brooks Kepka, the winner of the PGA, second major, third time he's won it. He joins a very select group. Seven players, Mark, since 1950 have won five majors before they turn 34. Mm-hmm. Can you guess who some of the others were? I bet you can. Tiger. Right. Tiger. <laughs> he got one. I give you that. Who are the others? Uh, I don't have the whole list. Nicholas was one. Uh, Tom Watson was one. I think Arnold Palmer was one. Anyway, uh, it's a very select group, and he was a two-shot winner yesterday. In the NBA, what can you say? It's been a dud. <laughs> exactly. Tonight, the Lakers will look for their first win. They're at home. They're hosting the Denver Nuggets, and... Not to be too contrarian, Nicholas, but it's really been Jamal Murray that's been the key so far. Yeah, well, for the last game, yeah. For all three games, he has been outstanding. And and uh, Jokic is always there. I mean, he's like a rock out there. Didn't have a really great game the other night, but it didn't matter. They won going away, which really disappointed me because, like I said, I'd like to see the Lakers get at least one win. I hate to see LeBron go Oh, and four in this. No, it it adds to the narrative. This is I know you you want to sweep at this point. You really do? Do you seriously? You don't want to see Lakers put them out of their misery, man? Like, what are we doing? Why are we just putting off the inevitable? Then there's going to be like should they just like quit? Should they can can they forfeit? Has that ever happened? Eight days between (laughs) the the finals and the championship. That's like. That's like an eternity. It's like a Super Bowl. So what? Are, what are you gonna have all these networks, cable outlets, uh, trying to build up the Denver Miami series for like eight days? Well, okay, I will give Come you. Come out on, and see Gabe Vincent. On 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 the surface, it's not a sexy lineup, 
But yeah. there's some meaty storylines there. Oh, they'll find them. Oh, I'm curious. Will Tyler Hero return? Maybe. Uh, not after that movie. White <laughs> Men Can't Jump cameo. <laughs> well, I, th- I hope for his sake he does uh, return. I don't know if he's got a career yet in the movie industry, but they, you know what? Do they really miss him? They're shooting three pointers over 45%. Yeah, they were 50% crazy. last night. They were the fourth worst shooting team three pointers during the whole season. How do you figure? And here's the Celtics, one of the better three point shooting teams. They've been miserable. Well, and Duncan Robinson during uh. the regular season and last season. It was like unplayable. He did not play any minutes in the regular season or the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, he's playing 20 minutes a game and hitting four threes a game. You know what the most disappointing he's thing rested. was? Load management. <laughs> last night, Nick. Did you stay up to see the whole game? No. All right. The most disappointing thing was at the end of the game, the fans were chanting to put Haslam in there, and he didn't. Oh. Was he like 40 years old? He's on the bench. He's kind of like a, an assist. And this is his last season, yeah. too. Just to put, I mean, you're winning by 26 points. You can't put him in there in the final minute. You're saving him. For tonight? I didn't mean for tomorrow. Maybe for the finals. I think both Let Boston. Let go in there and take Jokic out. I think both Boston and Los Angeles should forfeit. Just and then they should play. We're not coming out. The, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so wait a minute. Are you saying. Uh, Give an, the people uh, what they want. So you're saying a new addition to load management? Yes. Sit the whole team down. We're, we're done. We quit. Let's do Stick L.A. versus Boston, the battle for the bronze, third place. Yeah. How would you feel about a consolation? Uh, they I used to have them. Yeah. They used to have them in the NFL. Oh, and in uh, the NCAA basketball back when. Because I, I, I actually did a consolation game. Mm. I mean, you might get some. I don't know. I don't think there's any use for them. People don't care. I know in the NFL consolation game was ridiculous. In the uh, at least on the NCAA one, it was played right before the championship game, and so you know you had no choice. You had people there anyway because they wanted to see the championship game. But they did away with that also. Yeah, I, I don't think the guys would be all that motivated to go out there for a third place team. Game. Well, I don't know if they could be any less motivated than they were last night, and I'm talking about the Celtics. Yeah. But look, guys, the good thing about LeBron losing to Denver is that it actually hurts your legacy to get to the finals and lose. So not going at all is better. Yeah, but to get beat four in a row, though, like that, to get shut out, I'm not putting it on him. I mean, it's it's a team thing, but, I mean, I'd like to see him get at least one win. Nikola Jokic is the best player LeBron's ever gone against in a playoff series. So Durant wasn't Curry Nikola wasn't Jokic is better than Durant all time already. All right. See, I, I wouldn't go that far. He's like, if you took LeBron, we didn't even talk about Jokic until this year. Pretty much. I mean, he's no, just, that's you. That's no, you Lee. That might be me, but I'm saying he's, I guess because he's located up there in Denver, he's just, well, I mean, he's how, just a decent, he's a good player. About Jokic to this year when, not even this year did he win an MVP, and he's already got two. I, I understand that. But, th- but then they go into the postseason, and they just fizzle. No, they go to the Western Conference Finals, or they, this year they'll go to the Finals. Jamal Murray has been the key because when they didn't have him, he was hurt. They didn't do well. Jokic is, a, like I say, he's, he's good. I mean, he gets Jamal his triple-doubles. Jamal Murray's doubles. the key. Jokic is the lanyard. 
He's carrying him <laughs> around. He's what now? He's like the whistle. He's got the whistle. Jamal Murray's been – he had, what, 20 points, I think, before they reached halftime the other day. He had 30 points in the first quarter, then he finished with 37. 30 points in the first quarter? In the first half. First half. Okay, that's a little bit better, yeah. But and Jokic the, is getting 35, 12, and 12 every game. No, he didn't. He, it. No, he did not. He didn't even have a triple-double the other day, and he only had 15 points, and he didn't score until the second Guy quarter. So don't off go game into one of your— forget about the other 15 yeah, but you, games he's played you in this playoff these, series where he's averaging a triple-double. You make these outlandish comments like he does it every game, you know? He does. <laughs> the other day, it was all about LeBron. LeBron's you, this, LeBron's player, that. Lee, if a player's averaging a triple-double, would you say that on average he gets a triple-double? Say that again. <laughs> if a player is averaging a triple-double, triple would you say that on average he gets a triple-double? I wouldn't say it, but you might. <laughs> so his regular season stats, Jokic, 24.5 points. 11.8 rebounds, and 9.8 assists. I'd say that's a triple-double on average. Hey, I'm not saying he didn't have a really good year, but, I mean, this is the first time Denver has been a real factor in postseason. All right, but I would also tell you that their winning percentage this year is 59%. Last year, it was 65%. The yep. year before, 63% and 66%. And the, year the reason that. is because they went into the postseason. They had to overcome injuries like Jamal Murray was a non-factor. And Michael Porter, too, has been a really big help. And, of course, he's battled back injuries throughout his career. All right, let's take a phone call. And then we got to get back to why you're so anti-Jokic. I'm not anti-Jokic. Why are you hating on the guy? Oh, come on. I'm not hating on him. I think let's he's see, really let's good. Let's see if the caller's anti-Jokic. All right, go ahead, caller. Welcome to WNSP. I, I'm not anti-Jokic. I, I simply, the, the comment about that, that it's the best player LeBron has ever faced in the <laughs> postseason, I, I, that is insane. There have been so many better players at the height of their career that LeBron faced in the postseason that were so much better than Jokic is now. Nope. I mean, you know, I, I get that Jokic is good. He's a solid player. But, you know, he also, just for what it's worth, he carries or travels virtually every time he touches the ball. Uh, but, you know, th that not being the case, then it's still, you cannot say that the, some of the players that LeBron faced, I mean, he, he went up against Paul Pierce at the height of his career. He okay. went up against, no. if you, you know, no. he played against Kobe no. in the postseason. Don't interrupt. Come you can't on. say Nikola Jokic is good and solid and then say Paul Pierce at his peak. Nikola Jokic is better than two Paul Pierces. Caller. I'm saying you can't put you cannot put Jokic up there with what he's done so far in his career. You cannot compare him to somebody like Kevin Durant. You he, absolutely cannot put Jokic in the to, same sentence as Kevin Durant look, when for at least another when, five to six seasons. When did Kevin Durant win his two rings? When he joined the seventy-three and nine Steph Curry Warriors. When it comes to individual accolades, Jokic has double the amount of MVPs. He sees the floor and is a way more elite passer. He's averaging about 10 assists a game. He scores just as efficiently, and he can get rebounds. There's nothing that Kevin no, Durant does better. No, talking about body of work, you, you cannot put Jokic in the same sentence as, as Kevin Durant or even some of the players that were on. I mean, 
even when LeBron played against the Spurs in the postseason. You can't put Jokic's name up there with Tim Duncan yet. I mean, come on, dude. Like, it's just it, he has not got the body of work. Like, he's got one or two really good seasons, but that's it. Um, Nick's a front runner anyway, uh, caller. You're right on. I agree with you. <laughs> Look, everyone, y'all are scared because it's happening now. Last week, last week, I'm letting y'all know it's happening. It, this, this uh, okay, last well, week, I'll talk to you, we'll talk to you in like five or six seasons when Jokic got has another like half a dozen MVPs and a bunch of championship rings, and then I'll feel stupid. But right now, you cannot put Jokic's name in the same sentence as some of these like perennial all stars that LeBron has faced during the postseason. That's nuts. That's what I said. Thank, Thank you, man. You. We appreciate the call. We'll talk to you in about five or six years. <laughs> Nick, are you still going to be All here? All right, bye. <laughs> Nick, are you still going to be here in five or six years? Oof, I don't know. I might call in. Hey, by the way, my boy, Orlando's ready to go. Just came out of the shower. He literally just said it. He just came out of the shower. Usually it's 8.30 we get him. He's in the shower. This time he went in early. Wanted to be clean for the show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So uh, we're going to take a break here, I suppose. Look, you guys can call me crazy. We do. But you know what? They called Thomas Edison crazy when he said, hey, I think we can, we can, we don't need these little well, lanterns. While you're, you're putting yourself uh, in to, the same, to light these rooms. same sentence as uh, Thomas Edison now. You're an inventor. I actually, believe it or not, I side more with Nick on this com- uh, on the, in this conversation than um than uh, you other Nikola guys. Jokic, everything we think LeBron's so great at, Nikola Jokic does that. Plus, all right, now you lost me because now sport, you're talking about when LeBron. It ba- when it comes to seeing the court and passing and getting his whole team involved, that's something Jokic does that Kevin Durant doesn't do. You know what? The caller did have a point, though. He does walk a lot. They all do. All right. Traffic and weather? Yeah, no scoreboard. We're going to get to Orlando. Oh, yeah, we have to get there. Gotta Stay get with Orlando. us He's right clean. here on the sports station. Hi, this is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. And my little experience in the playoffs has always been the most difficult. So regardless, whether we're at home or on the road, it's going to be a battle. You know, they're a really good team. They're a well-coached team. They got stars. They're not going to lay down. So, you know, we got to come in and handle business on Tuesday. Yeah, clearly you didn't watch the game tonight. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yo, you stop coming. Well-coached and don't lay down. Hey, go look at the tape again. Who is that? The player. That was Gabe Vincent. Wow, Gabe Vincent, one of the what? What do they have, like eight undrafted players on their team, give or take? Yep, the highest drafted player that's healthy for them right now is Cody Zeller. Cody Zeller, my gosh. Hey, by the way, congratulations to Robbie Baker. He got the question correct. Michael Block had the ace. He's not a member of the tour, but he's a PGA professional, and he did very well this weekend. So congratulations to, of course, Block getting the uh, ace. And to Robbie for getting the answer and the Chick-fil-A. Triple G must stand for good googly goo. Nick is a joke. Joker is better than Durant, Curry, Dirk. You skittish be you skittish be allowed to talk basketball about saying crap like that. He may eventually be better, but you're an idiot for saying that he's better than the greats now. Young people, shake my head. More MVPs than everyone in that list other than Curry 
Exact same amount. Curry plays with three all-stars, sometimes four. Nikola Jokic is just out there grinding. Look, I know y'all are all, I'm the punching bag because I'm so confident in what I'm saying because it is true, right? We're not giving out MVPs in the era of the most talent-filled league. And Nikola Jokic is able to get two of them, right? We all demonize super teams, and Nikola Jokic is out there in Denver grinding, getting a triple-double. We, we hate the stat padding, but he gets a triple-double not even trying to stat pad, just trying to win the game. You can't guard him with Anthony Davis, one of the best defensive players in the league. He did not have a, a more than a pedestrian game the other day. I mean, Lee, we got we got to think bigger than just Saturday night, Lee. He's averaging a triple double in the playoffs. Yeah, but and if I'm, he can go he's 14, not a, okay, five, one Denver, game, and he's still averaging that. What you're overlooking is it's not a one man team, and and if he has doesn't have help. He can't carry them. A, a center cannot carry a team to the championship. He's had a lot of good players around him who were healthy this year. That was my point. I'm not putting him down. He gets the numbers, obviously, at his height and everything, if he's good. But, you know, Jamal Murray and Porter and some of the other players. And you, take, you take Jokic off that team and replace it with any other all-star in the league? And I think, an I think Nick's point, though, and – is that so? Like the listener was making reference to Durant and Curry uh, specifically, and Nick's point to that counter that is like those guys had help Durant and Curry. Like they have legitimate all stars they're playing with. Yes, Joker has some good guys, a good complement of players, but they are certainly not on the same level, right? His point well, is these are super teams we're talking about. His. Nick's comment was that opened up the floodgates as usual. <laughs> LeBron has never played against a player as good or better than Jokic. He said he's in the, the finals, best yeah. in the finals. He's never it's the best player he's ever because faced, look, which is which is ridiculous because Kevin, he's been how many Nicole finals Jokic has he been in? Can do everything Kevin Durant can do. Kevin Durant can't do everything. Nowitzki, Jokic can do. Nowitzki wasn't uh, that good. Oh, of course, they beat Miami, uh, so he must have been pretty good. Uh, over the years, when you look at when he was with Cleveland, the teams they faced and so forth, you have to go back in history. He's faced a lot of great players, and but Jokic is, is one the of them. Greatest player he can the do. The greatest. Everything. Imagine if you took Steph Curry and Matt and mixed him with Draymond. Oh my Then goodness. you're getting close to Jokic. Well, then you have a uh, the greatest shooter in the world getting getting thrown out of games. That's technicals <laughs> getting technicals. But look, Dirk cannot pass and get his teammates involved like Jokic can. That is a fact, yes or no. I would agree with that. Kevin Durant cannot move the ball around and control an offense as the floor general like Jokic can. Is that true, yes or no? How many titles Probably, has yeah. Jokic won so far with Denver? What was it? How many titles have they won? Zero. Thank How many you. titles has Kevin Durant won without joining a team oh, that was the see, best that team in without history. joining without? How many titles does he have? When did we? I thought this was the show that always questioned why we 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 value the individual's greatness based on number of team accolades he gets. He's a great player, but he's not the greatest that LeBron has ever faced. That's Who, what who's I'm the greatest saying. he's ever faced? I'd have to take a whole list because he's been in how many finals? Well, then you can't for sure say he isn't if oh, you yes, can't come I up can. with a single well, guy. Well, that I mentioned Durant. 
I'd say Durant right now stands out, but I got to go back. Nowitzki, I mean, my gosh, did uh, didn't, did they face the Spurs? Yes, but All Jokic right. is better Duncan. than Tim Duncan. <laughs> okay. Because he can score better. Okay. He's getting 40 every night. Duncan's He's getting better. 20. Sure. He's better. Nikola Jokic is passing the ball like a point guard. Tim Duncan, he wasn't that guy. He was a finisher of the play. Jokic can be the finisher and the facilitator. Look, all those players are great. I'm just saying we need to recognize Save it how, for your podcast. how great Save and elite for and special Jokic is. Because, come on, guys, it's been three years. He won two MVPs in a row. He should have won three, but we didn't want to uh, give it to so him. So last week it was LeBron like kick. He's not worth it, but he is. Jokic is this week. Who's it going to be next week? Well, I can't tell you who's next week, but Mike Rodak is next. Stay with us. Oh, good. Somebody with a little sanity. Welcome back. 8.32 here on a Monday edition, the opening kickoff in all its glory the next couple segments. We're going to bring in uh, Mike Rodak from AL.com, all that's going on with Alabama. Mike, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. How are you guys? Pretty good. First, let's start with baseball. Uh, the season, the regular season's over with. How do you like Alabama's chances in the upcoming SEC tournament? And perhaps are they in a position, do you think, where they might get to host a regional? Yeah, they might. You know, they're they're kind of right on the edge. I think I haven't looked at if there's been any projections that have been updated, you know, this morning yet. But um, I think they were second or third number two seed. So, I mean, it's close. Their RPI is basically where it should be if you want to host. I mean, I think it's number 10 right now. Um, and, then, you know, they had a good RPI last year. They actually didn't make the tournament. So, you know, sometimes RPI doesn't tell the whole story. But um, it's it's statistically, analytically, a, a pretty good team that obviously has uh, made a, a pretty good run here the last two or three weeks. And, I mean, yeah, they, they, they got a chance to, I think, at least play on Friday maybe in the tournament. They did last year in Hoover. Um, that's going to take them beating Kentucky, though, uh, tomorrow, and if they don't beat Kentucky, then they're done. If they do, then they play Wednesday, Thursday. We'll kind of have to see, you know, how that all shakes out in terms of the teams they play and, and how they play. But um, the capability, I think, is there. It's it's a more talented team than what they've had, you know, the past five, six years. Obviously, it's been down, but you know, I think they're they're on the upswing talent-wise, and it seems like they've gotten a boost, you know, um, I would say morality-wise, but. You know, it's it's obviously a, a team that's playing better since they fired Brad Bohannon. So, um, you know, they got a shot this week to, to make some noise, and um, certainly they will be in the tournament. Uh, whether they host or not, we'll have to see. But, you know, I think they have a shot to uh, maybe win a game or two in the regional. We'll have to see. Maybe too early to ask, but it's James Jackson who took over as an interim. If they make some noise in this tournament or go to the regional, does he have a chance to get the job? Yeah, I I would think so. I mean, it's not something that I've explored too deeply. Um, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of, of, of the baseball coaching market, but, um, you know, it's it's something where I think Greg Byrne will have to make a decision on does he want to make a, a real clean break from the Brad Bohannon era? Um, and, you know, obviously Jason Jackson was an assistant 
Um, he's part of that that lawsuit that Brad Bohannon is facing from the from the former pitcher. Um, and you know, there's there's an argument to be made that maybe you just want to start completely fresh. And I'm sure there'll be changes, transfer portal, and guys leaving and all that. And um, you don't want to read too much into a few weeks of good baseball, but. There's a chance. Like I, Again, it's not something I've explored too deeply, but I, I do think there's a chance. So let me ask you this. I was watching some of the uh, softball regional on TV. It seemed like they had a pretty nice turnout and, and maybe were sold out. What what sport right now? And again, I know the stadiums are, are different as far as capacity, but is softball right up there with baseball right now and popularity in Tuscaloosa? Oh yeah, I think it's I think it's been above baseball for a little while now in terms of fan interest. There's certainly a core group of softball fans that uh, are very ardent. Um, there's a lot of support for that program. You know, it's it's been obviously a successful program for for quite a while now. Um, in terms of every single year, it seems like they're in a super regional um, or you know making the College World Series, and that that's right where they are again this year. Um, and that's that obviously helps drive fan interest, but I think it's just a sport that, yeah, I don't know, people connect to it a little bit better. Um, you know, the games are a little bit quicker. There's more excitement just from, you know, being there and, and watching both of those games lately. You know, there's definitely more energy in the building for softball, and I think that's been true for a while. Um, you know, I think Alabama baseball historically, when they kind of were in their heyday 20 years ago, you know, probably had better crowds, but um, it, I think it's it's been a, a pretty – a pretty good shift for the past 10 years. And we've certainly seen it, you know, from our, our stories that we write. I mean, there's, there's definitely more interest in, in people reading softball stories than there are baseball stories. Well, of course, one of the big issues, the, the overriding issue was uh, Morgan, uh, I'm sorry, Montana Fouts, whether she was going to play or not, she did not. So they're going to be hosting the supers. Any chance she'll be back? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, it, it, it certainly seems like she was close. She was throwing in the bullpen. Um, and, um, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't seem like an injury that, you know, structurally there's, there's really damage. I mean, it's hyperextension, but it's not, you know, no indication. It's not like she, she tore anything or anything like that. So it's just in terms of getting back and, and rehabbing a little bit. She'll have, uh, basically this whole week, um, cause they don't play until Friday night. So, um, I, I want to be shocked if she's pitching, if she pitched, you know, the whole time, will they kind of be touch and go to see how she feels, you know, potentially, but, um, I, I think you know we're uh, my 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 feelings that we're closer to return than we certainly were this weekend. Mike Rodak, AL dot com. Hey, on the format for the SEC baseball tournament at Hoover, when you play that first game on Tuesday, is this a one one game, or is this double elimination? At least the first day or two. The first day is single elimination. So if they lose tomorrow against Kentucky, then they're out. Uh, it's the bottom eight teams that play Tuesday. Um, out of the, the 12 that make it, the, the top four seeds get a, a bye. And then those eight teams play single elimination, and then they'll play double elimination starting Wednesday. So if they make it past Tuesday, then you, you know that they're playing Wednesday and Thursday. Um, of course, this all assumes that you know there's no rain delays, which it seems like every single year Hoover deals with rain delays. Uh, when you're trying to fit in four games in May and there's all these pop-up thunderstorms, there's always some sort of delay and they're playing until 2 a.m. and games get pushed back and happened last year quite a bit. So we'll have to see, you know, if those days hold up. But, yeah, I mean, if they make it past Tuesday, then you know that they're playing until Thursday. Who would be your pick to win it all, the SEC tournament? Uh, you know, I, I, 
I would assume Florida being the number one seed. I, I can't say that I've I've followed SEC baseball too closely this year, um, but it's there's a lot of parity in, in SEC baseball. That's been apparent the last few years. You have Ole Miss that barely made the NCAA tournament last year, ended up winning the national championship, and then comes back this year and is the worst team in the SEC and misses the SEC tournament. Um, you know, you had a team like Texas A&M that played really good baseball last year and has been you know, back to the middle of the pack. I mean, Tennessee's been up there. LSU's been up there. Florida's been up there. Like, there's there's a lot of, obviously, Vandy, Mississippi State. Those teams historically have done well. It's not just one team that dominates, like Kentucky in basketball or, you know, Alabama in football for a while. It's it's anybody's game. So you could probably pick out of seven or eight schools out of a hat, and I wouldn't be shocked if any of them, you know, won this tournament. Mike Rodak of AL.com joins us here on WNSP. Speaking of hats, uh, a four-star uh, defensive lineman yesterday picked up an Alabama hat. Tell us about uh, Jeremiah Beeman. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, I think there's seventh commitment of, of this class, and he's, um, yeah, there's, there's different ratings on him. I, I've seen as high as, like, 70th in the country. Um, others kind of have him a little bit lower in, in the low 100s, but still a top seven or eight prospect in Alabama, um, and that's, three out of the top seven so far that Alabama's gotten in-state, uh, which is, you know, what they need to do, uh, kind of win the in-state battles and make sure those kids are staying, and that's that's one of them. He's, he's from Parker, um, had a great junior season last year, was, was second team, um, all uh, class 6A, and, uh, you know, comes back for his senior year this year, and, you know, it's, it's a guy who I think he's 6'4", 265, which is small, um, you know, for a defensive lineman in the SEC as it stands, but you know, you put 20, 25 pounds on him, and he's kind of right where he needs to be uh, to be that, that five-technique end, um, you know, that they play a lot. And um, he's long, too, which helps. So we'll have to see how he develops, you know, the next year. But, um, you know, right now it's a class that I think is ranked 16th in the country, and as it usually is the case, you know, they, they kind of pick up steam over the summer, and it seems like uh, by the time December rolls around and, and signing day comes, they'll, you know, be in the top two or three. I mean, he had hats and T-shirts all over the place, right? Yeah, he had Clemson. He had uh, a Georgia hat. He had an LSU hat. He had an Auburn hat. He put on the LSU hat, you know, as these guys do, and then put on the Georgia hat and took it off and shook his head. And then <laughs> um, there was a, a child there, and they, they took off the jacket, and there was an Alabama T-shirt. So, um, you know, it's always an elaborate system that they they do this and yeah, it, some of these signing ceremonies are coming a little bit passe too i mean everybody seems to do it on social media now and yeah you know they have these these edits that you know some of these websites do for them and kind of these classic hats on the table sort of signing day celebrations just aren't quite as common but he still did one Hey, we appreciate the time. Uh, if you want to give us your unofficial take here, we were talking a lot about Jim Brown, which uh, then uh, took off into the direction of which athlete has had which. What is your favorite athlete turned actor? Do you do you, do you have a a name you want to throw in the running there? Ooh, that's a good question. You know, there's definitely some. If I if I had a minute to think about it, there's definitely been a few. It's a Monday morning. I haven't had my second cup of coffee yet, so I can't say that there's any coming to my mind. But, um, man, I don't know. I, I'm blanking on that one. I've, I've definitely watched movies with ex-athletes in them. <laughs> I just can't. I can't even think of one right now. It's, it's incredible how how Mondays kind of get at you like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, if I could, since Mark brought up O.J. Simpson, 
And oh, yeah. of course he one. was, yeah. <laughs> but, 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 no, I, the reason I bring that up, having worked up in the Buffalo area, I know, and you did too, you were there, what, three, four, five years? How how fans up there just rally around the, the uh, Buffalo Bills. Is there, when you were covering them, and I know this was after OJ was, you know, through with his career and on to the other stuff, but um, did did they ever talk about him up there anymore? I mean, is it, did they just want to forget about him or what? Uh, I think the team tries to keep their distance. I mean, there is kind of the awkward uh, thing where the Bills still have their, their ring of honor in the stadium, which that stadium is going to be going away, so maybe this will change with the new stadium. But OJ's name has been up there because it went up there in the 80s uh, after his playing career, but before his, his murder trial. And and so his name is still on the ring of honor inside the Bill Stadium. And it's kind of a thing where it's like nobody really wants to take it down because, you know, it's it's because of his playing career. Just like he's in the Hall of Fame, nobody really wants to kick him out of the Hall of Fame because it's for his playing career. Um, but it, it is a kind of a sticky situation. I think fans embrace him more. Um this kind of a celebrity aspect. He came back up there, I think it was two seasons ago, and, you know, went to the bars and the tailgates and, you know, was in a suite for the game. People were coming up and taking pictures with him. And uh, there's fans that loved it. And there was also fans that were like, oh, this is disgusting. We shouldn't be hosting this guy. So, um, yeah, you kind of get it both ways. But, you know, I, I think it's like any other celebrity. I don't think it matters how they got their celebrity to a lot of people. It's just the fact that they can take a picture with this guy and post it on social media and say that they met him. Mike, always a pleasure, sir. We appreciate the time. We'll be in touch. Thanks for everything. You got it, guys. Thank you. That's Mike Rodak, AL.com. One final segment of the day. All right, if you want to give a, a vote to OJ in his, in his role as Nordberg there on the Naked Gun, you can. If you're more of a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar fan from Airplane. You can go that way. Wilt, he was in Conan. Uh, Conan the Barbarian. I don't think we even mentioned uh, Chamberlain. Your favorite athlete. We'll just make it your favorite athlete turned actor. Or maybe your the least about, favorite. Uh, how about Bruce Jenner? Would you say actor or actress? I think they're all referred to as actors now. <laughs> Bruce was an actor. Caitlin would be an actress. Okay. She would be a reality star. Has she yeah. has she been anything as an actress? I mean, you can't dispute the fact that Bruce Jenner was a great athlete, but hmm. perhaps. And by the way, stop. speaking of sticky <laughs> subjects, since it was brought up about Johnny Weissmuller, he won a lot of gold medals in swimming. Okay. Before he became Tarzan. Uh, Hi, this is Bo Manning, like co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. I remember the days when I had nothing. Just a ball on the court and a dream of something more. But basketball was my outlet. My purpose was strong, my communities, the cities I represented with pride and the fans that supported me along the way. I am forever grateful for those people and places because they made me Carmelo Anthony. But now the time has come for me to say goodbye to the court where I made my name, to the game that gave me purpose and pride. But this bittersweet goodbye to the NBA, I'm excited about what the future holds for me. Wow, okay. What does the future hold for Carmelo? Um, Ten minutes ago, according to our producer, um, he announced his retirement 10 minutes ago.
Wow. So I was curious where the LeBron Carmelo Anthony friendship got started because in reading about these, you know, when they played on these overseas games, you know, when Mike Shashesky and so forth, that and and it always seemed to me that they were going to play together at one time because LeBron and, and Carmelo shared this real big friendship. Actually, it started when uh, Carmelo was playing for Oak Hill Academy and he got to know LeBron when LeBron was at St. Vincent's before they had that much publicized TV game. That's where their friendship first started, but they never did. Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, they never did play together though, right? I know they wanted to, but it never happened. Um, yeah, they played in L.A. together. Oh, they did that on the same team? Last I, year or the year before. That's right. That one year, right? He wasn't part of that banana boat gang, though, was he? The banana boat was Wade, Braun, Chris Paul, and Mello. Was it Mello? Okay. Yeah. So after 19 years, man, I'm getting old. So they was he there Carmelo one year? Carmelo was 39? Yeah. Was he there just one year with LeBron or more yeah. than? And then I, I don't think he got signed anywhere after that. So that this is just fresh now that he actually I thought he had retired before this. Uh, <laughs> leaving the door open. But. <laughs> okay, <laughs> is yeah. that like uh, Matt Ryan leaving the door open? Like yeah, he'll be on CBS and broadcasting, and then what next January announces retirement. We gonna be able to get uh, Matt Ryan uh, on the show? We, if we're he CBS Sports affiliate, if he was he's in CBS now. Work on it. If he was this, if he's available, why not? Hmm. That could be fun. Or really awkward for him. Not really. Hi, Matt. I'm Nick. <laughs> Your biggest the first fan. Time I've met you. I've met you many other times in my dreams. <laughs> uh, Ken pointed out uh, about 10 minutes ago, Bayway is a parking lot going westbound. have not seen um, any reports, but if you're in that area, you may want to find a an alternate route. Lee, what do you got cooking for tomorrow? It couldn't, it's going to be tough to top this show. We had well, some good stuff today. i tell you one area that I'm very pleased we're going to have the Sunbelt Conference Commissioner, Keith Gill, on with us. Okay. They had their meetings last week. I didn't read anything that came out of it, but I'm sure there had to be some issues. So, And if nothing else, we can talk about the upcoming you know, 12-team format for the uh, college football playoff. Travis Ryer, always glad to have him on. And we're going to talk to the Murphy football coach, uh, uh, Justin Hannon, coming off his first, I guess you'd call it a spring game. It was, they did play another school. It was more like, you know, scrimmage. So yeah. Get, so Murphy had their scrimmage. Viger yeah. had their stadium open to uh, to uh, a dominating win over uh, McGill. Um, saw some tweets about that. By the way. Over the weekend. There was, la there was a list put out about a week ago. Very good, Mark. There was... <laughs> <laughs> Some things better left unsaid. Yeah. There was a um, a release put out by the county public schools about the new stadiums and the dedication. And the B.C. Rain one, I believe, has been postponed until this week. So that, that stadium, I got to tell you, you know how Nick likes to make emphatic comments, but I can assure you that of all the years that I've been broadcasting high school football and i've certainly been to a lot of venues tremere park was easily the worst 
that mm -hmm. I have ever seen in my life. And luckily for BC Rain, they're getting a new stadium, and the dedication will be this coming week. So they have to be happy about that. I know. That, that stadium was just, first of all, when we went out there, you couldn't tell where the ball was because they didn't put any chalk down for yard markers. So you had no idea, you know, where the ball was. The press box was smaller than this table. Which is soon going the I way. Heard, of, yeah. yeah. Is, are we going to auction it off or is, is, can somebody bid for it? It's an eight-sided table yeah. with a hole in the middle. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine there's a whole lot of. It's actually a six-sided table, but good try on the count. That's <laughs> like, oh, touche, touche on Mark. Okay, yeah. way to yeah. go, Nick. Yeah. See, he's paying attention. Yeah. I've measured that table many times. Oh, forget, Nick. It was his weeks. son who graduated, not Mark. That's right. That's right. Um, but no, there, that table won't have any legs. So if you just want a a uh, hexagon tabletop with an uncentered square cut out what's of it. Why not the legs? They don't get the legs. He's got to get it out the room, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, really. He's no, got the legs go on the new table that, that oh. will be built. Oh, so what, what would Carpenter. you ask? What would you ask for this? What, what do you think for just worth? the just the yeah, tabletop? Just, oh, yeah, like a whole uh, own a vehicle that has maybe a bed that can carry it. Oh, so we're gonna donate it to somebody? Sure, it'll it'll be on Hallett Street, <laughs> and, I'm, and a, I'm sure a lot of people will be trying to get it. So, first come, first serve. That's right. Hmm. Okay. Oh, by the way, so uh, we we're we're potentially playing the third round of our uh, our competition with the Where final drive. Where's it going to be? I don't know. I don't know when or where, or what time yet. But there, we're supposed to be playing some pickleball. Yes. This week. Oh, I thought you were talking about the basketball game that you had against the Pigskin Pete duo. Oh, uh, we're supposed Thursday. to be doing that this week too. I'm gonna have to take some Advil this week. I think double duty. Pigskins on the IR. I think that's. I think. No, I think he, Bina he, probably hurt him on on purpose so he could get in on this game. To the leg. He yeah. Was, he's been on IR for quite some time. No, I'm pretty sure Bina— no, I'm telling you. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he's all Tanya Harding on this one. I think he's getting trying to get in. He's been trying to get in on this game now for, since it's been mentioned. Yeah. He wants to roll with the big dogs. I get it. Why would you not want to? So, um, so you don't want truth to interfere with your theory. Right. Right. Sorry right. about that. Well, maybe Bina was just looking really far into the future and just he he planned this out right. for weeks, I'll do this months. Now, and then that way in six months, throw people off the scent. It's pretty smart, very devious. But no, you can expect a uh, two o week from the opening kickoff in pickleball and basketball. Uh, we're not sweating it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was waiting for your comeback. Yes. On that. Show a little confidence, can you? I don't know, man. I, I, I unlike Nick over there, I, 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 I respect what, our opponents. Equally. What if I don't? Okay. What if you, <laughs> something happens? Maybe you pull a hamstring this week or a foot injury, which is can likely you, to happen. Can you get Alex to play for you? Um. Uh, does that does that count? That would be unfair. That would be unfair to the uh, other other team. The other team. All right. Just curious. You certainly wouldn't want somebody like me who can't shoot. That would be accurate. But at least you have that elite uh, handle, though. Yeah. I would help the team as far as fouling because you don't call fouls, right? Um. Uh, 
If it's egregious. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm not gonna. I mean, like somebody. the hands part of the ball and the wrist is part of the hand and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, yeah. You can be our Nikolai Jokic. I walk. You could walk. I foul. Not want anything big in your life. Look, if, if, if Mark pulls a hamstring or something, <laughs> I, I, I'm more than capable of carrying us uh, to a victory. What if, what if you pull the hamstring, hey, Hotshot? Speaking of that, Mark. Oh, you don't because you don't play Nick, defense. Nick, so there's no chance of you getting hurt. Nick, for one, don't interrupt. <laughs> so in the movie yesterday, yeah. White Man Can't Jump, yeah. when, was it Harlow you said, the actor, yeah. Harold? When he went out with the injury, I never... He never found out what it was, or at least I didn't, and then he came back to play again. Yeah, it's not a good movie. <laughs> I, I, I understand that, but what would... He had double he ACLs. Back? That's what I'm saying. How could he come back and play so quick? Well, my question is, why is he still having problems with his knees after ACLs? Because ACLs, generally, once you have the ACL surgery, you're, typically you're, you're better than you were prior to the injury. I don't know. Boy, that's really getting heavy. He had these, like, that, 1980s that's, scars that's heavier, on the knees, that's man. That's heavier than anything I saw in that movie. Yeah. Have a good day. All right. Good stuff, fellas. Thanks for everybody. Uh, Vote nappies. Vote the opening kickoff. We're back at it tomorrow at 6 a.m. Until then, see ya.